Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. My name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. And back. That is a sick, sick opening beat, my friend. Who made that? Uh, I, I made that. I made that. I feel like I'm walking. Nark made that. I feel like <clears throat> I'm walking through the streets of New York in like 1996, just with a big puffy jacket on. Yeah. It's cold outside. It's like fall. It's it's the same time of frame like right now. This time of year, it's getting a little brisk outside. It's not cold, cold yet. But, you know, if you're walking at night, you're going to need a big puffy jacket. The fall is imminent. Yeah. You, know? you could say the fall is imminent. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is our, yeah, end of summer wrap-up. Uh, summer kind of... Summer that wasn't. Pe- just petered out there yeah. uh, as far as movies and TV were, were concerned. But we're going to we're gonna talk about what we've seen yeah. in the interim. It's been a little bit. We've had some illnesses. Uh, we've had some scheduling conflicts. We've had some... Some people moving, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, and thank just you. not that much to, to and not really that much to report about. on. Yeah. Uh, so we figured it was a good time to take a nice little extended summer break. So if you are in fact listening to this, welcome back, man. Hey, hey Mr. Doing? Katu. How you doing? How's it going? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is going to be very, very free flowing. All I know is at the on, towards on, the end on. of this. What do you? I took my cufflinks off. Okay. It's off the cuff, nobody, baby. Nobody could see that. But yes, yeah. we are off the cuff. <laughs> uh, the only thing I do know I, that I want to uh, build to is I want to talk about the stuff that I am excited about. Because, like I said, things petered out. I was kind of a, It's been a bummer time at the theater. I, I haven't been to the theater in a couple couple weeks. I, I might be up to a month or so at this point. Uh, but yeah, so... I can't even think of the last thing I saw in theaters. Let's maybe start there. Okay, broadly speaking. Post Barbie and Oppenheimer, uh-huh. there was another weekend right after that that I was mm-hmm. very excited about because Talk to Me came out. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of this one? This is the new A24 Australian horror. Like, no. Did you see trailers? No? Uh, maybe. Okay. Should be, should be rentable or okay. streaming very soon. Uh, I will definitely shout that out. On the gram whenever it is available streaming. But uh, for my money, the best horror movie of the year so far. Uh, pretty original take on its subject. But basically, there's a severed hand uh, that is being used at, like, they're, like, just beyond high school, maybe college age. I don't know. It's vague. But at parties, people are basically doing it on a dare. And you shake this thing's hand, you say, talk to me, and you let, essentially, a spirit from the other side into you. But you only do it while the you know while there's the connection of holding the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you only, like if you hold it long enough, it'll stay longer. Or? Essentially, and they have rules about like you only do it for a minute at a time. Blah blah. blah. And of course, it's like very early on, people start breaking the rules uh, and things. Somebody that's jerks off with it. I mean, that does not happen. <laughs> but uh, there is a lot that happens in here that is quite unexpected and uh, hmm. pretty. Uh, Pretty visceral, and then on top of that, it, it uh, t- does have like a good overarching narrative and like strong central characters. Hmm. Uh, I really dug it. I'll keep it vague until you've seen it, but that is the one to see in October. As far as new ones from this year that you may have missed, uh, it'll be definitely streaming within the next month or so. So yeah, hmm. talk to me. I saw on the big screen. Not a great theatrical experience. It was packed, which was nice to see. Probably overflow from Barbie and Oppenheimer and people just being like, oh, I'd like to go into the movies. What else is coming out soon? Yeah. Unfortunately, that led to, you know, horror, horror movies are 
They can go one of two ways with the crowd. Right. And if a movie's a particular tone and then people aren't on that same wavelength and you have people laughing at stuff that you're like, why the fuck are you laughing at this? This is like really, this is disturbing. Like, and I get that maybe that's your response, but like, this is no, no. Anyways. So there was a bit of that, a bit of like constant chatter. Uh, Brendan did not have a good time. Uh, because things like that bug him a little bit more than they do me. But, uh, yeah, still, in spite of all that, uh, still, I think, the best horror movie I've seen so far this year. Okay. Huge recommend. And then I've only been to one other thing since then, and it was a fucking delight. What was that? Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Mutant gotta, Mayhem. I didn't get to it <clears> the theaters, <throat> but I'm definitely watching it. Definitely viable right now but has to make its way to paramount plus at some point i would imagine it's on amazon to like to i just what i'm saying to, to buy, buy right now yeah. i think maybe you can maybe it's a rental as well but uh eventually it'll be on paramount plus but i i would say it's worth it. i'm gonna pick this thing up on blu-ray uh one of my favorite animated movies basically since you know since spider-verse and just an absolute blast whether you're a huge like diehard fan of the franchise or just coming you know coming to it for the first time incredible voice performances across the board the kids are amazing but particularly dude jackie chan as splinter oh yeah and ice cube as superfly <laughs> are two of like the best vocal performances i've heard in a mainstream like big usually you're like Oh, okay, it's got these celebrity voices, but sometimes they can be kind of anonymous right. in animated movies. But these were like leaned into the personality. And honestly, I'm going to say like probably top three English language performances from Jackie Chan in terms of comedy. I was dying, dude. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's so much fun. It's got a lot of heart. The jokes land, dude. It's, it's super funny. And not to spoil it because you haven't seen it yet, but the things they leave on the table because they know they're going to make another one of these already, mm -hmm. you're kind of like, oh my God, they did all of this and they didn't even do the thing right. that I expected. Does, uh, does Casey uh, Jones make an appearance? No. Damn it. Exactly. But, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you but know, Casey's on, he's on the table yeah. for, for two and possibly three. Um, great time. Uh, total like re for me, just a reinvigoration of something that I, for me, had gone a little stale after the, the Michael Bay produced ones, which I did not care for uh, at all. Great. Uh, yeah, this was, this reminded me why I love the turtles and mm -hmm. totally gave me like a new like version of them at the same time. It was reverential without being like too just like, Oh, we're just going to do a bunch of homages and like fan service soundtracks, fucking killer. Like it just, well, it's like it's, the one that, the so one that good, came dude. out before, I think it was just TNM, TMNT, which I think they had, I don't know if there was a series that was already in progress. And then I that was remember. the, the movie that was the escalation or the, the, the Jim, culmination rather. Jim class here did a song for it called shell shock. But like that one I enjoyed and I was like, okay. And it, it's just weird thing of like, like in moving one of the first things that I like pulled out and set underneath the, the big TV out front was my Ninja Turtles van that has all of the, the series, like the, the original series on disc. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to put this here cause it's here and if people see it. This is that? a show piece. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so the thing that like drew me in with the trailer with this one was like, I've never seen this animation style before. Like it looks amazing. Have you seen the last two no. Spider Man? I know, I know that those are like it. And I, I realize that incredible. I just and I haven't watched those incredible either. movies. I'll get around to those, but like 
that was the 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 anchor point of like this looks good and then i'm hearing like was that jackie chan is that is that ice cube you know like i'm like oh shit okay so and and again w- casting actual teenagers right. as the teenage mutant ninja right. turtles is the main like g- genius move if you're just like why why have we never done this right why have we never done this, this and is it's great it's so weird because like so i watched and i this is crazy i've been painting in the new place but like i um i watched the first one and then a couple days later i watched the second one and i don't know why it never dawned on me as a child that like Corey feldman was not donatello in the second one yeah but he comes back for the third one i'm just kind of like was this the dream a little dream two he was busy like doing all the Corey stuff when they wanted no, to do i'm the thinking second one, i'm thinking he it was the most money he, yeah he tried to big dog him and yeah. they lowballed him and yeah. he was like fuck you and then by the time they roll around to the third one he's like yeah yeah okay uh you keep what Okay. The phone's really not back, ringing. I can come, I come back, back for guys. scale. I'll do it for scale, guys. I'll do it for scale. Okay. I'll do it for scale. So, uh, I I did ooze before I went and saw this one, uh, but uh, I was kind of saving the OG. I'll probably mm. go back to that at some point. It's so good, dude. Um, and then Turtles in Time or three uh, soft spot for nostalgia's sake, but that's I mean that's clearly have we, the have we link. mentioned like the Samurai Ninja Warrior of it all that's what Japan. it was called at like the hotel yeah right? dude i don't so if you travel abroad you may find that like at least this i don't know how this works now because there's no there's no actual physical copies of stuff yeah. but back in the day we would stay at this place called the nusano hotel and they had like their own video library that you could rent a movie from and so we would order like we're going to rent this movie you go down to the front desk you get it and it was it said samurai ninja warrior three i'm like okay pop it in it's fucking turtles in time and it's like oh okay that's just what they call this it was a delight because yes we did have it back at home on the airbase we lived on but it's like i'm in a fancy hotel and i get to watch the turtles who's gonna why, say no to that why do i have a memory of the hard way being one of Dude, the ones on that there. was watched it was, at it, the new sauna it was just on tv okay yeah i remember that word that predator 2 and like something else I associate with that. But that hotel was dope, dude. It had, like, the pool on, like, the third or fourth floor that was still over other buildings and stuff. That was nice. Yeah, man. Very cool. Need to get back to Japan at some point. Okay. Dude, next month will be 10 years since I went. I'm not... It's, it, Wait, since you went back? Yeah, in 2013, dude. <laughs> it's crazy, okay. right? Time yeah. is a motherfucker. It, it okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. Where, where were we? Just stuff we've caught. Co- oh, TMNT, that was the last thing I saw in theaters. I had a great time. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think I've been back to anything else. And, I mean... I'm I'm checking. I'm literally checking my list. That's how long it's been. And see, I can't remember. I I think Oppenheimer was it. But I don't know if if I had gone to see, like... um, I can't remember if I saw Transformers. Did you ever catch Barbie? No. Okay. I can't well, remember if I saw Transformers before well. or after Oppenheimer. Because when was Oppenheimer? That was like what? July? July. First of July. It was mid-July. Or second week in July, I think, is when they both yeah, dropped. Yeah, so Transformers would have been June. So, yeah. So, I saw Transformers and then I saw... Because, matter of fact, like literally like a week after Oppenheimer, it was like, oh, Transformers is on uh, Paramount now. So, oh, okay. Well, that's nice. So, but... And, of course, I watched it again because I love it. You know? Well, I still need to get to that one. Yeah. Uh, Things I've watched since then, yeah, uh, that were just new for me. Uh, so the Ringer Podcast Network—they recently did a little limited series 
uh, what was the title? Uh, Do We Get to Win This Time? Uh, Hollywood's uh, version of Vietnam. or so, I forget yeah, the yeah. subtitle exactly. But six or eight parts, I forget. Uh, they go through basically the Vietnam movie boon mm-hmm. of, of the 70s and 80s. And uh, kind, somewhat prompted by that, I was like, what are some big ones that I've never gotten to? And I only did one because it was like, oh, that kind of took it all out of me. I had never seen Casualties of War. Oh, the, dude, the, that's right. The Brian De Palma uh, yeah. movie with Sean Penn and uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and it's like I knew it was going to be a gut punch. I actually b- borrowed the Blu-ray from my buddy Will, who did an entire like master's thesis on that very topic (laughs) and so he bought all of the i was like dude you're never gonna rewatch these (laughs) like why did you he's like some of these it's like they weren't streaming they weren't available so it's just he was like i I just got them so anyways i borrowed it from him months ago Mm -hmm. and was like i you know it's just sitting there and it's one of the you know like it's got the plague on it or something i'm just like tonight's not the night but eventually i'm listening to this podcast i'm like all right they're going to get to this one in like a week or two. I could tell timeline wise. I was like, let me fucking throw it on. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be a gut punch. And it just, it absolutely wrecked me. It was one of those that just kind of wrecked my whole week where I was like, just kept thinking about it. I was just like, oh man, just, oh, what? It's incredibly well made. Yeah. Great performances, but just a very, like, very there, realistic so accounting of some very well, depraved and upsetting shit. And that's, I think that's what's interesting because I feel like collectively it's like we have decided that like Coppola and Oliver Stone's ver- versions, visions of Vietnam are what we collectively would like to remember. And it's like, maybe on this one, De Palma's got the right idea on some level, but at the same time, another wants- one that they, who wants to who wants to live in that headspace where like that's what happened right. because you also have to think about like as fucked up as that is those people who were like commissioned like you have to I don't I I like to believe that those people didn't necessarily sign up to do that they were drafted against their will to do this so this was their way of like we're we're we can do it you know we were forced to come here so we're just going to do what we want whereas like there's still some semblance of like this was a thing we had to do with Apocalypse Now and like, um, what am I thinking? What's the other one? Platoon, Platoon is the other one you right. said. Um, I was going to say to that point, like Full Metal Jacket gets lost in the Kubrick of right. it all. But the other movie that they highlight on there, which I've never seen start to finish, but as kind of like the forgotten gem possibly and another one that leans more on the De Palma side of like just the sheer brutality of it, um, was Hamburger Hill. Oh, which yeah. I've never seen yeah. start to finish. Uh, and is another one that's just stacked cast. Every single one of these movies, like from the 70s and 80s, you're just like, oh, I know literally everybody in this went mm-hmm. on to do something. Like, right. It's just... Given a long enough timeline, every movie has an amazing performance because it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. he was in this too. Uh, Did they do We Were Soldiers? No Mel Gibson? No, I don't think they... I think they kind of cap it... Uh, after the 80s like stopping stopping in the 80s Rambo is kind of like he follows through the the Rambo thought of like you start out with this like you know oh this vet coming back and it's very grounded and then how that escalates to like no we've got to relitigate we got to go back and we got to win this time right. and like all of that shit they go into a little bit of um, 
the missing in action franchise it, it's great dude you'd love it i mean they're yeah. like 40 40 45 minute episodes but they talk to like uh a lot of you know people who were like actual vietnamese who were there who've gone on to like you know um basically do essentially like re-educate like hey we're not just like we know how we're depicted in all of these things mm-hmm. but like we're an actual like culture and society that has like you know all sorts of other vibrant aspects to us like mm-hmm. can we talk about that a Which little you, bit if you look if you look at it it's um, like if you get if you stick with rambo it gets to the point where it's like i think he's living in vietnam and he has to go to burma like burma's the bad the bad place now and that's where i did like, i did not go along for what was it five or six the whatever the last blood yeah. i i didn't watch and i just heard terrible things about, it's like but. i get it but it's just you keep putting him in these situations where you're like this could not happen to one man <laughs> you know i buy four because i'm like all right you want to like you kind of want to like you're an old aging action hero and like give i him remember something to liking do. it at the time and yeah. also kind of respecting that it was like so fucking brutal right you know <laughs> Like, if you're going to harken back, this is how you harken back to those 80s action movies. Okay, I got it, you know? I respected it for that, and that was right around the same time as Rocky Balboa when I was coming. Right. Yeah, dude, reclaim all your franchises, do it one last time, and then he just had to gild the lily, dude. He mm-hmm. just had to fucking keep going back to the well, mm-hmm. and then now he wants to piss and moan about, like, how he does. he's not involved in Creed, and they, they stole his franchise from him and everything, and I just... I. I don't have any time for it anymore. Whatever. Why has he got to complain about it? He's got Expendables 4 coming out Friday. You mean Expend 4 Bulls? Expend 4 Bulls. Expand 4 Bulls. Yes. Expend 4 Bulls. Now, that one, I'll say, the first one of that, I actually, like, I really dug the first one. I thought that no, was great, dude, dude. No, to me, the first one, it, that was like a total snakes on a plane, dude. Yeah. That was a... That's why I love That it. was a, oh my God, this trailer's amazing. It's going to be so great having all of these dudes together. And then, like, when you actually get to the execution of it, you're like, oh, this kind well, of... They're in there, but they're not... They're, I mean, they're on screen. They did put them in the same frame together. Yeah. I mean... But two, with on a certain Claude, level, dude, with, you know, Jean-Claude hamming it up, dude. I loved him as a I, I don't even think I made it to two. Dude, I think so I think good. I tapped out after, after one. But, uh... Yeah, talk about the offerings on the table right now at the theater. You can go see Expend Four Bulls, uh, which, you know, that's not really doing it for me. No. Just saying. Uh, huge recommend. This is on Paramount Plus right now. And this will segue into another one I'm excited about, which I think comes out before the end of the year. Have you seen or heard of Sick of Myself? Mm, maybe. One of my favorite movies I've seen this year. I'm considering it a 2023 movie. It was festivals and foreign 2022. Nobody's been able to see it here until 2023. I'm counting it. Whatever. You're the boss. Christopher Borgley, I believe, is the director. Or Christoph Borgley. Their new one is called Dream Scenario, Mm -hmm. which stars Nicolas Cage as a professor who everybody starts he starts appearing in everyone's dreams oh. like in the world uh-huh. he just starts appearing in their dreams and he just becomes like a, a essentially a viral figure but organically not through you know what i'm saying right it looks trippy as hell it looks very like andy or andy kaufman it looks very charlie kaufman-esque <laughs> excuse me uh thank you very it lo- much it looks great <laughs> i'm very excited about it but sick of myself absolutely blew my blew me away it is a satire about narcissism hmm. and it is fucking 
brilliant. I hmm. I laughed long and hard. Probably the funniest movie I've seen all year. It's on Paramount Plus right now. Uh, huge recommend. Okay. It is subtitled, but uh, the humor shines through. Uh, <laughs> you, dude, if you don't go for this one, I'd be shocked. It just, it nails its tone so hard. And you're like, it's one of those like high wire acts where you're just like, all right, I'm loving this. Like, don't fuck that. Like literally half hour in, I was like, this is the funniest movie I've seen like in a long time. Like, <laughs> okay. and it just, it just, it never, never falters. It just follows its premise to its like logical conclusion. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Sick of myself. Huge recommend. Uh, what else we got on here? Finally got to go back and watch Top Cappy. It's a Jules Dassin movie mm-hmm. from uh, the early 60s. Hold on, I'll pull this one up. So I tried to watch it on like Tubi or Pluto mm-hmm. forever ago. And, uh, you know, the ads were popping up, which was annoying, but I was dealing with it because I'd wanted to watch this movie for a while. I'll give you the IMDb logline. A con man gets mixed up with a group of thieves who plan to rob an Istanbul museum to steal a jeweled dagger. It's a con woman, mm-hmm. so that's that's not actually labeled correctly, but whatever. Uh, the big big thing for me here, Peter Ustinov, uh, who I watched in Spartacus for the first time, because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Spartacus start to finish, uh, that was either earlier this year or last year, whenever Blank Check was covering Kubrick finally watched Spartacus and I was like who the fuck is Peter Ustinov this guy's amazing he's incredible what else has he been in so I think he wins supporting for Spartacus and I look him up and it's like oh yeah he actually won supporting I think like within a year or two for this movie called Top Cappy I'm like what the hell is Top Cappy look it up it's Jules Dassin who did Rafifi which is another that's the one with the blind robbers Mm -hmm. that's kind of the more well known I would say but Top Cappy's like I guess a little bit more of a deep cut Dude, just the vibes. Great little caper movie. Super fun. The whole aesthetic. I feel like probably a big influence on Soderbergh for uh, Ocean's 12, specifically. Hmm. The European adventure. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's now on Amazon Prime, so you don't have to watch it with ads. Uh, But anyways, oh, it crashed on me while I was watching it on Pluto, and I had to restart it, and then I was trying to just fast forward back to where I was, but it kept hitting me with the ads, and I just, I got so frustrated that I tapped out on it. This was months ago. And then lo and behold, it pops on, pops on prime. And I was like, I'm doing this this afternoon, dude. It's a total, like, uh, or, you know, it's end of summer now, but like nice, nice warm afternoon. And you're just like, okay, I just, I just came in from outside. I'm just going to have a nice relaxing chill on the couch. Maybe pour myself like a little cocktail. Mm-hmm. Top cap is your movie, man. You're going to okay. have a good time. Good, great, great vibes all around. Uh, has Mel- Melina McCrory and Maximilian Schell are the other big uh, oh okay big people in there. Uh, you got anything you want to chime in with? I mean, I I, I got some more. But... Um, I mean, I started watching series. Um, okay, well, hold off on TV. I got movies, the movies big... though. Um, okay, movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hypnotic. I finally went back and watched that. Did you rent it? It's available on Peacock. The peacock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, How was it? Do we need to resurrect Rodriguez Revisited? I I would, if you wanted to. 
in a heartbeat, dude. I mean, it's so we'd have to do Alita. Uh, what is it? Red twelve? What Red, was it called? Yeah. Red, Red eight, nine, twelve. What was it? Six hundred. Red thirteen. Something. Red something. Red Rodriguez. Um, yeah. Which I think is streaming now. Red three. Which is called Red three Rodriguez. Okay. And then hypnotic makes three there's not he has no he snuck in like a couple netflix kids movies yeah that's, yeah that's the thing we blinked we blinked and motherfucker went and made five movies yeah i know the same thing uh, with carpenter we finished that and what is it three years later we get a, we get a whole brand new series come with him we can talk about that later but yeah so what's the what's the deal there what's the deal I, I, she, we can't I, talk about series yet but save that i'll, I'll look carpenter. it up i'll look it up by the way hey you want to take that for the new studio yeah, I might. I might. By all that. means, I might take it back, put it in my new studio. Um, oh, I watched uh, They Clone Tyrone. How was it? Oh, Haven't gotten to this dude, yet. So fucking good. Okay, so this Just is the, the Netflix. Uh, John Boyega, Jamie Fox, and is it Tiona Paris? Who is it? Who's the Who's the female lead? Um, I have to look. I can't remember her name. Um, I will look it up. You You talk about the movie. It was. I mean, it was one of those where I'm like, okay. I thought so. One of my one of the trends. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, dude. I'm sorry. I I just I, sometimes I just nail it. You know. Oh, you got it. I I, I should trust myself more. Often. Yeah. What, Tiona Paris. Is she the one that's in a thousand and a thousand and one? She was in Dear White People, Candyman, WandaVision, uh, fucking If Beale Street Could Talk. What, she was in another Chirac. one. Chirac. She was in another She one. was Dawn on Mad Men. That's what I know her from. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, she comes in in Mad Men for like the last two seasons. 1001. Is that her? What's the name? No. What's her name again? Tiona Paris is who I'm talking about. Okay, it's real close. Her last name's Taylor. Tayana Taylor, yeah. I watched that. That was really good. Like, I... Literally, like but they they clone Tyrone, huge recommend, oh, kind of yeah. like black exploitation vibes, yeah. That good sci fi concept. Okay, so what I was gonna say is that like one of the things I hate, it just it's gotten to me now. I feel like it's so dead. I don't like it anymore. It frustrates me. Is the let me do this, and then whoa, something happens, and then I wake up and it's the same day, and I start to do it all over again. I fucking hate the like like. Groundhog Day. The Groundhog setup. effect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, boss level with uh, Frank Grillo a couple years ago. I particularly liked that because of the way that they kept, they made fun of it. He kept being like, and then this happened to me. And then this happened to me. And then I made it here. And now I'm here. And this is what I figured out. I got to do all this in one day. And I can, I like Frank Grillo. But, like, this one I thought was going to be that. But when you get to that setup and you realize that, like, people look at him like, what the fuck? What are you doing here? You're like, wait a minute, what? And then you start to see these little things. You're like, what the hell is going on here? It to me original. Didn't see anything coming. Love the love like the comedy in it is hilarious. The like, I'm sure you have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Like the, like it's all in the chicken and they're all just laughing. They can't get under. Jamie Foxx is just slapping out of people's hands and stuff. Well, Jamie Foxx got, was amazing in it. I, I don't know if that's the one, one that he got uh, sick on I, or whatever. I think but we, like, it was it was great. Dude. I think we've. I think that's a different movie. Um. But yeah, I think it's definitely come up at some point, maybe in our Ali episode or our collateral episode of back on uh, Manhunters. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx has never been bad, like no. ever. 
You know what I think it like is? Like, he does not miss. I, I'm maybe... You know what it is? Maybe... Maybe it's, I'm speaking too soon because I've never seen The Soloist. And that's the only one I've heard where, like, maybe maybe he just totally missed the mark. Uh, maybe. But, but I've never seen it. But to my mind, every time he shows up, I'm like, dude, he fucking killed that. Whatever. It doesn't yeah, matter. The, the vampire movie we, we watched. You didn't watch it, did you? No. But I, I'm thinking back to, like, Project Power. Yeah. Like, the year before on Netflix, mm-hmm. which was totally disposable. Night except Day he was great and Dominic Fishback. Yeah. Who went on to be in Swarm and a bunch of other awesome shit, like were amazing. So it's like well, they what carried, I'm, saying, they what I'm saying is like, I think it's because early on he got a show, and he learned that like the only way that he's going to be able to like make it is he's got to be on all the time to the point that like I'm not going to say that humbled him, but like he I feel like he figured out early on that like you know what if I just show up and I and I and I and I try I'm pretty good. So, if I don't let myself get to this level of, yeah, I'm Jamie pretty... Fox and I need this. If I'm just like, I'm here, baby, let's do this. Then I'm here, baby, let's do this. And I'm going to look good. He is just you an know? inherently compelling screen presence, yeah. period. He's did just one of those just guys. Uh, no, I did not. He's so got another. He, so so he has the burial coming out yeah. on Amazon Prime with uh, him and Tommy Lee Jones, which everybody's I'm... saying is a really great, like throwback just like courtroom drama which mm-hmm. kind of sounds like pretty exciting at this point I haven't yeah. seen one of those in a while uh which obviously just mercy i guess was michael b jordan dude. one that like that that he directed that as well right and that to or me no, is that no just mercy is a is that a denzel i can't remember i don't know who directed it i just hold on i i mean i we all knew michael b jordan but part of me was like, okay, like maybe it's just because like he got in shape and it's the character of Adonis Creed. Maybe I'm just like overlooking all these other movies he's done. Excuse me. It's Destin Daniel Cretton who did Short Term 12 and Shang-Chi. Right. My mistake. But that, Just Mercy, like him inhabiting a person who exists still today. Like they're, they're just, they're, there's some, some network is putting out a podcast about just mercy. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, and y'all not going to mention that like Michael B. Jordan gave this brilliant performance. If you wanted to watch a movie about like the real life dude and like all he went through. Okay, whatever. Um, but having him in, inhabit like a human, but still walking the earth today, that to me solidified to like one of the best actors working today. Again, I can't, another one I can't think of like, what's he been bad in? Maybe the one with miles Teller about like there's like a buddy comedy one he did with Miles Teller's in oh, it maybe yeah. that one but they like were... I can't think of any other one where I'm just like nah I dude w- he didn't do it for me I you would know? love for you and Brendan to have the Michael B. Jordan debate because he is not a fan and like what? goes out of his way to talk trash about him and I don't get it I don't get it at it's all it's because of the Michael Jordan name that's what he's mad at he doesn't still like still the only good joke in Space Jam A New Legacy yes okay perfect uh, note perfect <laughs> Um, two yeah. two other new movies for me. Well, Excuse a thousand me. and one. Oh yes, I think it's on Peacock or I think it's on Peacock now. Um, randomly, just saw that it was a trailer. Something limited like, theatrical run earlier this looks, year. Yeah, that's interesting. And like, weirdly got. I'm just I I don't don't take this the wrong way because I'm not trying to put it in any categories, but I got like. I felt the way, same way I felt watching Moonlight, I felt watching this. I felt like I was watching something that, like, at any time, something could happen that would just be like, what the fuck was that? You know? And so, I was like, 
this is really good and and uh, uh Tayana Taylor is that how you pronounce it? I don't know how you pronounce her first name but Miss Taylor's performance was like perfect especially how it turns on a dime I need to get on Peacock yeah dude it's it's some I didn't realize there were so many new indies dropping there but I guess anything that's so Peacock hold on Peacock is universal NBC NBC universal so you're telling me (laughs) you're telling me so Mm -hmm. at some point we'll be able to watch old Oppie yeah probably on Peaky yeah (laughs) okay all right have you seen trailers for this thing I, what are you showing me? Oh, I sure have. Well, hey, sit, oh, I, slow your roll. I can't. Slow your roll. I can't roll. wait, dude. Well, I'm almost done. Here. Okay. Okay. I'll see if I got any more left. On Hulu, I watched Theater Camp. I'm, I literally have that in my in my wait list to watch. Um, or watch this. To super watch. fun. I think you'll have a good time with it. Um, you know, again, not my not my favorite comedy of the year. That's sick of myself, but I had a good time with it. Uh, lots of fun people. My only like. If I have a gripe, and I so rarely say this, I feel like I'm constantly watching series where it's like, that should have been a movie. That should have been a movie. This is one of those movies where I was like, that should have been a series. It's yeah. like, it's too short. And it it does try and stuff like kind of a few too many narratives. It tries to give like everybody a little bit of business. And as a result, nobody really gets that much business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my only complaint. I was like, I wish it was a little longer or... Maybe it's just a little four episode, like miniseries. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, loved everybody involved in it. It's super fun. It's got a lot of big laughs in it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I also just randomly, I'm sure you saw this on Prime, and I'm just curious because I don't know if we ever discussed it. I don't know why we would have. I finally went back and watched Riddick from a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I watched the third that. Riddick yeah. film. Yeah. Um. Because uh, I I subscribed to Blank Check's Patreon. I've been going through some of their commentaries. And they were doing, they did Pitch Black and they did Chronicles Riddick. And I was like, I know those movies well enough. I'll just listen to these. And, and then they hit that. didn't really know Riddick and then, that much. And then they, no, then they hit the third one. And I was like, you know what? I never watched this one. I remember the trailer being like semi-intriguing. Let me throw it on before I, before I watch, or before I listen to their commentary, so I at least have a little bit more context. And first, like, half hour, I'm like, this is kind of, kind of fucking slaps, dude. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of really good. Like, it's just, it's pretty silent, and it's just him, like, on the planet, like, existing and, like, rediscovering his animal side and, like, just, like, survival. He gets the animal dog creature. He gets his little dog buddy, and, like, yeah. he's just hanging out, and you're like, I'm like, dude, is this good? Like, did nobody tell me this is fucking good? And then he eventually, like, activates a beacon, and then, you know, some humans show up. And I was like, all right, all right a little less interested now. I'm like, none of these people are really compelling. And realize Batista's one of them. And then Batista's in there. I'm like, all right, well, at least we got that. Okay. And Katie Sackhoff, I'm like, all right, yeah. I like her. Okay, cool. And everybody else, I'm kind of like, I don't know about all these fuckers. Like right. these, these people are just like fodder, I guess. Okay? Basically, yeah. And I mean, spoilers for Riddick, which is what, like ten years old at this point. How one? Because Riddick, Riddick is Riddick <laughs> is the one that he he said, if you will greenlight this, I will come he, back to your franchise. He came. He and did the he cameo t- in Tokyo Drift to get for Riddick. the right to get the rights to Riddick, Riddick back, and then he basically self finances Riddick 
from the money he's made on four, five, six, and exactly. seven. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, his. That's like, why check Paul Walker said, like, I want him to renegotiate my deal when it comes <laughs> right. up in a couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. Midsection, kind of a slog where I'm just like, yeah. I don't care about any of these people, whatever. It felt but like they were trying to redo Pitch but, Black again. But eventually, and I still maintain, the dude they have in there as, spoiler alert, like Cole Hauser's father, which yeah. makes no sense because the dude's like maybe like five years older than him. Anyways. Yeah, you forget Cole Hauser's that, fucking that needs to be a strong. That needs to be a stronger actor. Like there's just like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work in it. But he, I thought it was totally worth the investment. I know you know what I'm talking about. But when he is chained up and he tells the dude... Here's what's gonna happen like in sixty <laughs> seconds. Your head's gonna be in that box. And you're just like, Alright. Here we go. And he fucking <laughs> kicks the dude or excuse me, kicks the machete into the roof, kicks the dude across the room, machete drops, bounces on his foot, flicks it up, kicks it all the way across the room, bisects the dude's head. At the mouth with his tongue still exposed. And then casually slides over the like glass box that he was going to take Riddick's head home in. And the dude's top half of his head falls into it. I was like, dude, if I paid money to go see this in the theater, I would have stood up and applauded. I was like, that was one of the coolest fucking things (laughs) I've ever seen in a movie. Hands down. I was like, I am at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm like... Oh, dude, the, the cinematography and <laughs> the artistry, <laughs> auteur theory, like blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I'm a very simple man, dude. And I was just like, you know what? This was worth it. And then the back half of the movie, I'm like, you know what? This was kind of cool. I was like, do you want to make you want to make a fourth one of these? I'll, I'll go see it, Vin. If you make a fourth one of these, me and my brother will we'll be there oh, yeah. day one. So uh, he's got that. Yeah, and another weird, triple X weirdly didn't think I'd come out of this. It's not like a hard recommend, but I was like, dude, I I, I tell you one thing, the hell of a lot better than Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, <laughs> a movie that at the time I was like, those rules, nobody gets it. And then like probably like two years later, I was like, yeah, the movie fucking sucks. I, I hope nobody remembers that I said I like you know, that. And, and you know what's crazy is that like that movie has Carl Urban and like I will rewatch. I, I rewatch it every year just because it's so good. I watch Dread all the time and I just want another Dread movie. Oh, dude. Just you, literally make it 20 minutes would, after the first okay. one. Just keep going, man. Now, in, in a very Vin way, and of course they work together on Chronicles and he did cameos in Riddick, but... Mm-hmm. It would be dope if Carl Urban was like, I'm gonna use my boy's cachet. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do Dread Two and Or do Dread as a series with Amazon. And I'm also and I'm all no no no. I'm gonna do Dread Two and I'm also gonna force the studio (laughs) to bring uh, Alex Garland out of retirement because he says he's done. I don't know if you heard that, but he does say he's done. I think there's one more after men, but he says he's done. But I don't know if you know that he basically ghost directed Dread. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, essentially that's his movie. It's just his mm-hmm. name's not on it. But he wrote it, and he definitely, apparently, was there on set and like. For my money, yeah. one of the with a uh, no, with much respect to the late great Cormac McCarthy, Alex Garland is one of the best writers just of anything in the last thirty years. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Contemporary, you think it's you know. 
you think of it being like, oh, these people, that people, like the greats people still talk about. But I'll put Cormac McCarthy up there novelist-wise. Not so much movies. I don't know if he wrote any movies or anything like that. Famously but, wrote The Counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs> Never wow. watched the director's cut of The Counselor? Uh, no. But Alex Garland, for my money, dude, like you can... His footprint on pop culture is so... It's It's there... But it's also just like, it's just seemingly like if you blink, you would miss. You forget, oh shit, he did this. He wrote this book. He wrote this movie. He directed this thing. And you're just like, holy shit, all of them are, who, he's right to retire now because, like, did you, did you see the, uh, the real I sent you a Taika Waititi? I, you have to be more specific. He's, he's, he's sitting, a lot of he's reels, sitting with, with, um, uh, what's her face? Not his girlfriend, but the other one he's making out with. Rita Ora? Tessa. Tessa Thompson. And he was like, all right, see you I later. I love the way he says Rita Ora. Right. He's like, all right, see you later. Just going to go uh, go make on a, go work on another uh, smash hit film, you know? They say, uh, learn from your mistakes. I say, I wouldn't know. <laughs> he just walks. It's like, yeah, dude, that guy has made nothing but bangers. Like, uh, hard disagree, but, <laughs> oh, sure, sure. What do you what what has he not made that you don't like? What has he made that you don't like? Thor four, a big thumbs down. A Jojo Rabbit, not a fan. I liked Jojo Rabbit. I uh, liked it didn't work for me. I, I don't know. I liked it. Um I I I don't begrudge you for liking it. I'm just saying he's he's not like I'm not a everything he touches is gold person. I also think maybe he's spread a little thin. He's one of those people who's like your name's your name's kinda of all over the place right now. It's a little bit of the Jordan Peele thing from a couple of years ago where I'm like Hey, but just be hey, just be mindful of all the stuff you're attaching your name to. Yeah, but I mean, he's also don't don't dilute your brand. But but at the same time, like if you don't have him, you don't have things like Res Dogs and these other places because he's using that's, his name to get his friends stuff. And why, I can appreciate that. again, but with and again, that's why I'm like, I'm way more into those because he's not necessarily like right front and center. That being said, we just got the new trailer for Our Flag Means Death season two, and I'm super pumped for it. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not immune to the 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 charms of, of yeah, I just, yeah i'm just not he doesn't always hit for me right but i'm saying but alex he, garland always does i can't find for me fault. he has never missed i can't I even find went a fault back, in his story i even went back to men which have you seen men yeah yeah okay creepy as I, fuck, but i was gonna say i went back to it because i was like i love this in the theater but it seemed like nobody else like seemed like i was like maybe maybe i'll soften or maybe i'll be like oh, okay maybe i was a little overhyped on it at the time I rewatched it. And I still that finale. I can't. I was just yeah. any movie that like organically builds to showing me something that I've never seen before, and, and you it's never not thought you wanted to see. Yeah, it. Yeah, and it's not just for like sheer shock value, but it's like it actually makes sense contextually. You would within be mad the story if you didn't you've been see watching. It. Like you'd be pissed if you didn't get. Yes. That. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'm just like you. Just gotta stand up and respect the sheer audacity. And I, I. I was absolutely knocked out by that movie. Yeah. And the second time as well. Uh, okay. You want to talk a little TV and then we'll get into uh, what we're excited for in the fall? Um, yeah, I got one more. I don't know. More movies? What are one you? One more, yeah. Uh, another Netflix one. Extraction 2. 
I mean, I saw that one and I felt like I watched the movie, yeah. so I didn't really. I appreciate. I mean, is it. there is there another set piece I need to check out in there? Just most of the mo- the 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 build up, it get you keep getting bigger and bigger, and there is some investment in these specific like side characters and like. Is he funny in these? He's he's got that like. He's got that gallows humor kind of like, I know I should be and and to me. Is he doing the black hat Michael Mann Chicago voice or is he doing like he's his just, voice? It's his voice. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I get it. And they just did black hat on the rewatchables too. Dude, that's still one of my, <laughs> one of my top ones. I, and I. Dude, it's about to be, ma- sorry. Yeah, I'm getting into the stuff we're excited about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, about to be man season again. Yeah. Speaking of man season, um, I was trying to think, was there another one I watched? Oh, I watched this one. I don't know. It's, um. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's the Killing of a Sacred Deer. I watched that the other day. <laughs> Pretty fucking wild, man. Have you ever seen it? I, I mean, yeah. Yeah? I mean, one Colin Farrell, right? I mean, what a... What? One of my favorite living filmmakers and also one of my favorite you know actors and also one of my favorite actresses and also one of my favorite new and up-and-coming actors. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw that one uh, as soon as possible in theaters a couple years so ago. So, I watched it. <laughs> I watched it in full and in my head without cold calling. I didn't look at a thing. I was like, "Oh, it's here. I'll just I'll watch it." And um in my head I was like, "Why is the name like and I didn't I, I don't I'm not paying attention to credits. I don't even know if I saw the dude's name, but in my head I was like, "Who the fuck is Yorgos Lanthimos or whatever the fuck his name was?" Like, what I was like, "Who the fuck is that dude?" Why is that name? And like, what do I feel? And I'm like, oh, I guess he directed this. Like, I don't know why I just thought of his name when watching this. Because it was weirdly like, like I knew that like the house of Jack built was Lars von Tears. But like I watched it. Lars von Trier. Trier's Tears, yeah. whatever. Something, something, uh, Denmark, uh, Sweden, Norway, who cares? Um, something, something European. Anyway, like certain people. Shout out to all of our uh, Danish, Norwegian, Swedish. Uh, don't leave anybody out. The Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a real place. That's where Captain Hook lives, Joey. Oh my God. Um, Continue. But no, but like, for whatever reason, I'm just like, Lanthimos. Lanthimos. And I just like, oh, okay, this was his movie. For some reason, watching it, I felt like, this feels like, oh, you were going to Lanthimos film. No, it just felt like that name. absolutely nothing. No, it just felt like, I was like, this is some weird oh, shit. Like, okay. that's a weird name. There's some fucking weird shit going on. Okay. And I get, like, I read into it. I get what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> but, like, it's just weird. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I would have been allowed to like it when it came I'm out. I'm sorry, but I just, I love the way you approach some of this stuff where it's just like, you, you yada yada the part of like you're like and I get it and yet it blah 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 but you spend so much time on the like Lanthimos you know I'm just like I'm watching this movie and I'm just thinking Lanthimos like what the f-? only only you brother <laughs> only you brother I'm just, listen if I could charge like, people I get it, money and it's to artsy spend an hour and in my I, I guess I'm allowed I'm to just... like it but you know it and wasn't the, really the, my the, taste the, personally the only reason Lanthimos. I started it, I was like. <laughs> Wait a minute. They were in the Banshees of Ed Sheeran together. Oh my god. This is where they first worked together. Let's see what it looks like. And I'm like, You're like oh, Nicole Kibbins. Quite a different dynamic. This is it just honest don't please don't take this the wrong way. And I don't I don't want to admit this. But like for the first ten minutes I was like, Oh, please God, he's not fucking this kid, is he? Like he's not this is like a weird like <laughs> 
reverse Lolita thing going on, right? Like, this isn't bad, is it? It's, there's got to be, like, some good for this. And then when you're like, oh, well, his dad died on the table, and, like, he's just, he feels like he has to. Like, I get that part. But weird, Lanthimos, just in my head, I'm like, this, that's that's where my terrible mind went. Like, oh, have he's, like, seen... grooming this child. I... Oh, okay. You know? Like, that's where my head was well, going. Well, I mean, I mean, you should have a general sense of unease and kind of like, I yeah, don't yeah, really oh, no, know where this is going. As I do in but most Yorgi movies. But when you get the turn that, like, oh, Barry Keoghan is essentially, like, the devil. <laughs> yeah, he's playing him like a fucking fiddle. Um, like a sap to the big <laughs> scoop. What, that's one of those where I'm just like, I'd never seen him in anything before. So yeah. it's weaponized so perfectly. You're just like, who the fuck is this kid? Like, yeah. I don't like him. What's this weird energy? His whole vibe. Yeah. His American accent is so disturbing. It's like good, but like as far as like Brits doing American accents go, but like the way he plays that character in particular. So fucking unnerving, dude. That's when like people were kind of like, did you need him like teased as the Joker and the Batman? And I was like, I'm here for it because Please. whatever he's going to do with it is going to be so out of left field to me, at yeah. least from the last couple interpretations. I, I think he's a brilliant actor. I fucking love him. And yeah, like dude, everything. everything. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, pretty wild movie. Have you seen The Lobster? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Long time ago. Um, Again, did you see The Favorite? favorite no what's that that's the one after killing of sacred deer with uh rachel vice and uh emma stone nominated for like 11 oscars maybe <laughs> it's kind yeah. of yeah okay. olivia coleman won best actress for it i think yeah i think i remember seeing the name weirdly back. the most like accessible and palatable lanthimos movie which again the fact that it was like nominated for again, I think like eleven Oscars or something, is insane when you watch that movie because you're just like, I can't believe people were down for this. This is great. This is so fucking weird. I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely the most approachable, and it's the least that people act like you know literal like aliens. And most of his movies have that tone of just like, again, where like when you watch a Lynch movie, it's like no, everybody's in his mode and his vibe. Right. It's like when you're in a Lanthimos movie, it's like no, all it doesn't matter what these actors' persona is. Same everybody like adheres to yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, one and one. You just reminded me, and I just said one other one. I completely just I just blanked on it. It was legit. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to be funny with it. Um, God. oh, the Flash. I finally saw that when it came to HBO Max. I mean. You want to throw your two cents in the ring um, all these months later about a movie that everybody seems to have collectively been like, yeah, <laughs> I just, that, I, that blank uh, space right there was me just kind of, that was just the air just being like sucked out of the room. It was just everybody collectively I just I memory holding that movie. My favorite bits were when he kept saying, they were like, why do you keep saying Michael J. Fox? Like, Michael J. Fox is a back to the future. No, that's Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon's in Footloose. No, yeah. Tom Cruise is in Footloose. The alternate world and like those, those, the different realities. Those were fun. Those jokes, bits hit. Sure. I appreciate that in the scheme of it all, the way that he tries to write it, but still winds up. Which I love the the, the over arching thing of like you can't fuck with time you at all. So just the simple thing of like I'm gonna move these things up on a top shelf, and it's gonna exonerate my dad because it's not until in my time now. 
that this footage can even be seen. So yeah, my dad's been in prison. I can't change that, but I can get him out. I appreciated that aspect of it because that's to maybe somebody actually giving a shit about time travel and writing. But for that to be the reason why George Clooney shows up instead of Ben Affleck, I love it. I think it's great. You know? And I just, I love, I, I'm glad that they could get Clooney to do it. I love Michael Keaton in anything. You so know. basically you were just, it all. It was there for Batman. That's all I was doing. Okay. That's all I was there for. But, but it all played for you. All the like, Nick, we're going to show you Nick Cage. Oh, we're going to show you dude. Christopher. Oh, God. Ju- okay. Ju- you were their ideal audience member. Just be- you you no, were no, the no, Tom no, no, Cruise no, no. in this bitch going, this is the greatest the only, comic book movie I've ever seen. No, Believe the only me. reason I appreciate, I flipped out with that because I had to explain to Bex how like Kevin Smith explains that this guy wanted fucking Superman to, spite a fi- to fight a spider and it didn't happen. And then Wild Wild West comes out and he gets what he wants. Did, like, did, I you, exp- did you also pause to explain to her how George Reeves, the actor who played Superman on TV and was haunted by the role, and um, unless you want to believe Hollywood Land, for all intents and purposes, committed suicide after years of depression. He, he killed himself because of that role and is now resurrected <laughs> through technology to be seen as the character one more time that one i know people were flipping out about christopher reeves and stuff and i was just like no the george reeves is the thing right. that yeah. i think is really gross and weird because it's yeah. like no no i'm like did his estate have anything to say i was like by again by all accounts he he never escaped that role mm-hmm. he hated the fact that he was he couldn't get work he was only known as superman and eventually he drank himself to death slash to shooting himself he killed himself or he was murdered. And go watch that movie Hollywood Land where Ben Affleck plays him if you want to go into that. But that was weird to me. Where I was like, okay, I get like all the years of them. But yeah. like... I mean, I, was, I just, was there anybody who was going to be like, they didn't show George Reeves? Well, I, I don't, <laughs> was I there mean, any 98-year-old in the audience who was going to be like, how dare they? <laughs> Who's that old man in there? Um, no. Again, I don't think you need him. I mean, as that's far as where I'm, I'm just yeah, like... Yeah, you don't need him. It's it's Chris. They, they, what's the... I, I'm going to fuck it up, but they never, they never stopped to think. It was a Jurassic Park. Yeah. You never stopped to think if you should. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, um, okay, so, so you... obsessed with the fact that you could, you, uh, never stop to think of Shut! That Coke can, it's, it's protected by the ship's defenses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gave it a virus. Um, anyway. I, I gave, uh, I, I gave it cold. Yeah. I gave it cold. Give it a virus. You would know nothing I was for my David. <laughs> Oh my David! I think every episode. I'm Judd Hirsch. <laughs> we should throw in a Judd Hirsch. I will get a supporting actor nomination. I swear to God. <laughs> the Fableman. <laughs> the Fableman. Which the is movie available sh- and the Fableman. I see. Which I've seen it on Amazon. Have I'm you like, watched I should it? Just, I you could gotta just, watch I it. I could just hit it, but like, I don't have the time. At least watch I the last five minutes for old, old Davy is John Ford. Okay, it's yeah, so I good. Should, you know, I just just watch the ending with no context. Just watch the David Lynch scene. It's so good. It really is. It does send you out on a high. It tricks you into being like, that was a great movie, when yeah. it's like, that was an okay movie. <laughs> well, little Stevie's going to be okay. <laughs> and little Stevie never had a problem ever again. Except when he tried you to know, make Josh. <laughs> but after that, it was all smooth sailing. It really is just the, like, 
hey, this guy had kind of an awkward childhood, and yeah, his, his parents, you know, come back. They got divorced, but things were kind of okay, and and in the end, he became the most famous director of all fucking time. Come back in three years when we do Rebel Rouser, the George <laughs> Lucas story. Find out how this guy with a Fiat had a crazy accident and decided, hey, I think I'm gonna make movies instead. <laughs> Come to find out how Brian You're De Palma... just trying to get the hell out of Marin County. <laughs> find out how Brian De Palma and all his other buddies hated the movie. But little Stevie Spielberg said, I think it's great, George. You put it all up there Let on the screen. Tell me about Alan Ladd Jr. <laughs> Laddie to his friends. These are our new characters that we'll be doing for the voices. rest of the year. I love these voices. We I don't know if this is on. offensive to anybody, but... Uh, Anybody under the age of 97 shouldn't be upset about anything we've got to say. I'm kind of We're trying to be as relatable as possible for all the new hip kids out there. Let's wrap, kids. What's (laughs) happening these days? Did you see the Bobby and the Oppenheimer? I'm trying to get into an Alan Alda kind of voice. (laughs) Oh, you're close there on the end. Yeah, dude. I'm trying. You slipped into it. (laughs) All right. Those, All right, those, those, those different people. The SNL bitch you send me a Bill Hader being other people to audition for movies, which I've seen. I remember seeing a bunch of them live, but those are just—they're always a delight. Yeah. Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. It's great. He's genius. Okay. Uh, I still need to wrap uh, what we do in the Shadow Season 5, but it's been a great time. I still have the finale left. Res Dogs Season 3. Haven't touched it. I know you love it. I'll get to it in a bit. We both finished Justified, City Primeval, and I think it's fair to say it went out on a very high note. And if they don't give us a sequel series and they don't bring back the series and we don't Can get we our... just appreciate that Mr. Walton Goggins lied to all of us? Oh, I loved it, dude. I they played it. it so well. because he played it perfectly. Okay, spoiler alert. Obviously, people know at this point he showed back up. But the way they doled it out, though. Because oh, yeah. they wrapped things up with Clement, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we got to have time for the daughter, obviously. We got to, we got to, you know, close Bring that back around, yeah. And I was like, we'll probably see Winona. Like, that makes yeah. sense. And then they throw in Dave Koechner, and they throw in uh old dude from, uh, is he the dad in masterminds, oh, that's a good question. He is the dad in masterminds, and he's been in a billion things, but he was his supervisor back in OG Justified, back right. down in Florida, who's retiring. Right. And I was like, these are nice deep cuts. Like, yeah, oh yeah, dude. And I was like, well, because I started we'll the series a, back, so yeah, I remember that. And I was like, and we'll just have a nice little wrap up, and like, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Like, maybe we'll do another one, and then. We fade out, and we gotta fade back up, and I'm like, oh, it looks like we're in prison. Kentucky! Kentucky! And I just, I was like, I was just like, oh, I'm so happy. I said it out loud, and Veronica's like, what? And I was just like, he's back. Watch, I, was like, I was like, he's back again. I was like, he's all over the, 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 the year of Goggins. Every year feels like it's the year of Goggins, yeah. but I was just like, dude, fucking, I'm a Virgo, Jim Stones, and then he's just like, I'm not in it. I was too busy. I'm not in it. I'm not in it. And then, you bring him, and then you throw in Luis Guzman, and I'm just like, dude, the like, the kind of like Elmore Leonard adjacent oh, world yeah, dude, we're building, where I'm all, like, yeah. dude, they could bring anybody to play. I was like, dude, let them go to California, and like, or let them go down to Mexico, and t- tell me Pam Greer is just like, yeah, I'll come, yeah, I'll come play around, and tell me Tarantino is like, hey, I'm done. I made, I made the critic. I did my final movie. 
but I did, I, I did leave the caveat. I can still do TV. I can do limited series. I can do whatever I want. Has he I'm just not making one? another movie. He directed like episodes of CSI and ER, but he's never done. Oh, that's right. He, did some he, of course, there was talks at the very beginning of all this. He's on set of Once Upon a Time with Oliphant. They're talking about, yeah, I kind of want to bring it. What if we did City Prime Evil? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, maybe I could direct some of them. Blah, blah. Like that's that was the original germ of why they decided because apparently City Prime Evil was being shopped around as like we're just gonna do this book. Yeah. As a new series or limited series in the universe, but like we're gonna do it as it is, and then independent of that, Oliphant and Tarantino are talking, and of course, then that becomes the thing where it's like, oh, well, that sounds like a cooler idea. What if we put him into the story instead, take Raymond Cruz and kind of like put him in the background? And so, yeah, that's what they did. And so I was just like, oh, maybe we'll get another Elmore Leonard book where they do that. But then they leave it on this Boyd note. And I'm like, dude, if we don't get fucking Bonnie and Clyde, Boyd and whoever the girl he escapes with is, like on the run, and then Raylan having to go track them down and like fun adventures on the West Coast, we maybe bring in Ava and the, the son. Maybe we go down to Mexico. I don't, or, or maybe it is like Raylan's done with the Marshalls and he's just got to go down to Mexico to get Boyd. Like, one final has, thing. But he has to get help from one woman that he's never ever hooked up with, but always had respect for, and it's it's Karen Cisco. Karen Cisco, who they could bring back. J Lo, what's she doing? No, no, no. Karen Cisco has been in Justified. She season, was season two or three. I didn't know that she cameos, and it's Carla Gugino. Oh yeah, who yeah, was yeah, you're who right, did you're the right. series, and it was That's a nice right. little callback to like that. you only got one season of the network show. It didn't quite work out. But we loved you as the character. So in the Justified universe, Karen is technically Carla Gugino. Okay. But it could be J-Lo, and I wouldn't be mad at it. In the same way that I'm like, dude, I don't I don't see Clooney coming back for an FX series, but he is doing an Apple series with fucking Brad Pitt right now. Side note. Um, He's not, but he is. Nobody's doing anything right now. Well, I think it, no, I'm thinking it's already done. I just don't know if they're holding it because of the strike mm-hmm. and it's being pushed or I don't know what's going on with it, but I think it's all wrapped. Uh, but I was like, dude, bring in Clooney as Jack Foley. Like you could do the whole road dogs thing. They're like there's, there's a lot of cool ways to go with it, but that was such Shout a, such a just, nice surprise. I, maybe we throw him in there with Cormac McCarthy. This is just secretly like who's been the best pound authors for, in the last Pound for years. pound just as a writer. A compelling writer of, and you could, there's always the like literature versus I write books or whatever. Omar Leonard writes the, like the best in between of that, where it's like his books are so like readable, right? but there's still, there's some poetry in there. And mm-hmm. like, um, as opposed to Cormac McCarthy, who it's like, it's mostly poetry. And then there's some, you know, pull it out, pull out of it what you want, except yeah. I'm reading, I'm in the middle of reading the passenger right now. And it has some of the best dialogue he's done since like no country for old men. That's the most recent one. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's that and Stella Maris were the last two books yeah. before he died. Uh, and they're basically intertwined together. I have yeah, to read yeah, one before okay, I get yeah. to the other, I but I had to pause all of that because do we want to transition into like things we're excited for? Yeah, we can. Uh, I read cover to cover over the course of about a week. Killers of the Flower Moon mm-hmm. by David Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my hype was beyond already for the movie, but I'm uh, like, 
I feel like I finished it too soon because now I just like the weight is even more unbearable. Um, incredible book. That's the best like nonfiction thing I've read in a long, long time. Crazy story. It is so like the way it puts you in that time period where it's just like, I don't know. There's not, there's while there is this remove of time and perspective, the way he doles out information it truly is like you're experiencing it in real time with just, you're just a little bit ahead of it, just enough to see the tragedy of it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, when you basically pull back and you're like, it's a tragedy in slow motion, I'm like, I, that's like, I mean, that's fucking Scorsese, like to a T, dude. I just rewatched The Irishman like a week ago and I, I was like, it's good, just holding up pretty well or whatever. And then every single fucking time it gets to the third act, like that last hour is just, I'm like, this is a fucking masterpiece, dude. It's like one of the best movies ever made. Just so good. Uh, I, I cannot wait. But yeah, that that book fucked me up. And like where he ends it, you you experienced the story through, mo- like, did you podcast? Where did you? Yeah. Because you've been talking to me about it for. There's like three. Like, there's years. three different. It's so funny to just. It's if you, we don't have to go deep on it because save this for yeah, when the movie yeah, comes yeah. Well, out. Yeah, yeah. Because I need to revisit it with the ins and outs because I feel like there's some inner betrayal. Somebody who might have been related to one of the women was actually part of it. I can't remember. Um, but like, it's funny to watch. I don't have a big three because pe- some people are there's there's a I don't know if you, you don't pay attention to it but like there's a big rift inside of the true crime world there's a lot of people who don't like a certain podcaster um, because of just the kind of person he is but I've never really had a problem with him I thought he's always been fair um, and they basically tried to cancel him and he's like okay and he's come back now and he makes if you look at the amount of numbers he has from people that have subscribed just at a base level every month that guy's making almost quarter million dollars. Like it's, he's because the content is good and it's there and it's not, it's not a biased voice back and forth. And I don't know if he covered it, but I remember several of the ones that I follow, like true crime garage. Um, um, uh, crimes of the centuries, all this. I feel like presumably when the book hit. So like a couple years ago, even before that, Okay. Like, but way before that, different people had covered it. it might have been for an anniversary or something. Or it might have been, might have been something that the news popped up again. Maybe the announcement that the book had come out or that the movie was going to be something that was going to be made. But it's just, it's interesting when, when different people get it and then the format of each show, how they come about it. Some people are just like, this is what happens. And they're kind of telling you as they're telling your thoughts. My, one of the best ones if you ever listen to it, it's case file. Cause that guy literally just like, he reads a script that someone's written. It's, it's compelling. He's Australian. His voice is modulated. I don't know who his name is. He's never revealed his name. It's I just, think like, I've listened to a couple. Yeah. Of he's really Casey okay. is, he just calls himself Casey because of case. Well, file. But like knowing about that, I've always thought like, okay, that would be interesting. So when you told me that this was what the movie was about, I was like, holy shit, dude, it's all there in real life. It, it's amazing. It's, you know what I liken it to? I listened to a whole thing about the Tulsa massacre. And then three months later I had Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is a few years removed, but it's like, I know about that case. I know what happened, all this kind of stuff. And now I got this Scorsese movie to go enjoy and be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, okay. To go enjoy in quotes, because I know this is not going to be, it's not going to be good in term a good feel good one. It's not going to be good, but for I us, think but it's like, it's going to be amazing. I, I yeah. I, 
It's going to be one of those why you go. It's why you go to the, or at least why I go to the movies. What I'm hoping is that I hope it will come out. People will see it and there will be enough of an outcry for people who are like, yeah, we don't care that they're millionaires. You're stepping on the bottom below the line. People just pay them what they want to pay them and put them back to work. Like the rest of us will care. Because we all have friends who work in that industry, and they are the ones. Every one of my friends that works in that industry is hurting. Mm-hmm. And yes, the talent could say, "Hey, you know, we, we'll pay you while you're out here suffering," but that's the difference between below the line and above the line. And at the end of the day, it is the beauty of a free market economy that, theoretically, if you and I went to Disney right now and said, "Hey, we can do it." We're, we're independent. We don't have, we're not part of a guild. We'll make you a show. Give us some money. We'll go make it. We could go do that right now. If they wanted to pay two kids from South Carolina to go do something, you know, they're not going to do it. They're not going to waste money on that. But if this strike keeps going, who knows what could happen? I saw an interesting, um, reel the other day where I can't remember who it was. It might've been Amy Adams. I can't remember, but it was some actress and they were, she was explaining it. She's like, let me put you like this, like the NBA. You get the NBA and they say, all the big players in the ABA said, well, we're not going to play for you anymore. We're going to go play in the minor leagues because the minor leagues is willing to pay us this and that. Or NBA baseball, whatever. And they're like, oh, so you're like uh, the Derek Jeter of the minor league. She's like, well, that's I wouldn't say that. But she basically breaking it down that like if the big studios aren't going to actually meet the terms that the WGA and, and SAG Astra and all that have, they're willing to go work with other independent like lower studios like a24 and i think neon is on that list now too um and a couple others that are just like yeah we'll we'll meet the whatever you want we'll meet the demands and i and i can appreciate that because i feel like from that you are going to get people who may have not ever thought i'll go do that you know people who might look at a possessor or another a24 neon and be like oh that's cool but like i'm not gonna do that like yeah why would i you know who are now like, well, you know, I, I, I kind I need, I not just, I need to work for money, but I'd like to do something. I do enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be something I could lend myself to and might actually make it good. And if, if, if me saying I'll do it means that like we can get it off the ground and get done because we can get more investment from, you know, financiers and stuff, then sure. I'll put my name on it. Let's go make it. You yeah. Know? And so I'll be interested. That That's honestly more than anything with what we have being canceled, not showing up or possibly not being made. I read where like by the time euphoria three comes out, like everybody will be in their thirties playing 20 year old, 19 and 20 year olds or something like that. And I know stranger things isn't coming around until 2027. If they even <laughs> decide to come back and do a final one, they really they? screwed up. Not just like ending that show when it should right. have ended yeah. last season. Well, I mean, uh, I think now what you do is like, you just do a movie. Just do a movie, and it's like in the. I already did a couple of those last season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So obviously, I mean, Killers of Flower Moon's easily my most anticipated, but we do have to wait all the way until October to get to that. Uh, it's gonna be slim pickings for a while, but I have a I have a mild interest in the creator. Yeah. That's the one with John David Washington, uh, from Gareth Edwards' new original sci-fi. Uh, could be good. Could be good. That drops on the 29th. Uh, same day as Dumb Money, uh, which looks like a fun. That's about the game GameStop, yeah, uh, thing. But Rogan, Paul Dano, a uh, bunch of other fun people. 
probably not a theatrical, but uh, like an immediate day one whenever it's streaming kind of movie for me, at least. The Resurrecting Saw, uh, I could care less, whatever, uh, but they're doing it. And then, yeah, kind of a dead zone until first week in October, which a bunch of stuff moved to because mm-hmm. of the Taylor Swift movie. Okay. Oh, she has a movie coming? In? Yes. So it's the tour. It's the Eras tour, oh, but cool. it's, you know, the concert movie version of it for the people who couldn't afford a ticket uh, or people who want to experience it again. So as a result, uh, October 6th is stacked. Uh, some of these are probably going to be limited, but I'm actually pretty excited for all of these. Uh, the Big Gun, which I believe Mom will be coming down for if you'd like to join us, you're more than welcome to, is The Exorcist Believer. Oh, yeah. Um, how you feel about these trailers? Um, they kind of tricked me. I thought I was getting like a... I thought I was getting a remake in the vein of like Halloween. So when I sat down before Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. they showed the first one of these. Right. And it was actually very effective because I didn't know the trailer was about to drop. I had not seen it online at all. And I think they did the thing where it came out and they didn't drop it online for like two weeks. Because hmm. when I went to rewatch it later that day and the next day and the next, it hadn't popped yet. But when I was watching this in the theater before Oppenheimer, it totally worked on me where I was like, uh, I genuinely, like, this is my internal monologue, but I'm like, okay, some, I guess, uh, Guess Universal's got some uh, some new possession movie coming out. <laughs> okay, whatever. And I'm kind of kind of tuning out, and then I'm like, oh, and Dowd. I was like, oh, okay. Hold on, wait, hold on a second. And I'm like, wait a second. That's Leslie Odom Jr. I was like, wait, I wait. Is this what I is this what, what I think, think it is? is? And yeah. then tubular bells kick in like simultaneously as they're like. Hey, here's here's Ellen Burstyn. I was like, oh, oh no, oh, this is it. I didn't know that. And then I had to like readjust because I was like, I, I didn't know this was happening. And so I'm just freaking out on that level. Trailer ends, and the predominantly, uh, you know, it was it was Barbenheimer weekend when I saw Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of couples, and uh, a lot of you know just a younger crowd in general. A lot of people that clearly there for mostly Barbie, but also going to Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And just guffaws of laughter uh, after the trailer. And I was just like, ugh, this is not, I was like, this is not, uh, maybe this one's not not hidden. Maybe people are, are burnt out. Maybe they don't have the respect for, and, you know, and I'm also not one of those people who's like, oh, this classic franchise. I was like, oh, they ruined this franchise immediately. Yeah. And they never recovered. They yeah. never made another good one. Like, three has a great scene, but three is not a good movie. Are you talking about the like the, the, the si- I scenes? mean, yeah, that that sequence is incredible. Yeah, but that movie is a slog, dog. It's a slog. But all of this is to say, it's David Gordon Green. You know, you win some, you lose some with the with the Halloween reboot. I, that's more sacred ground to me than this is. And again, another franchise that's had many ups and downs. So I'm kind of like, dude, dude, go for it, man. Like, I'm interested. Let's see what happens. Um, Ellen Burstyn still uh, one of my all-time top five favorite actresses. Period, uh, and I think she's still got the goods. So I'm I'm just happy to see her back in the mix, and uh, I have I have high hopes for it. At the very least, I just hope Mom and I have a good time at the theater, and I hope you join us. Yeah. Uh, same day, uh, Royal Hotel, which uh, stars Julia Garner from uh, Ozark. I know you're a fan. 
have not seen an episode of Ozark. Also has Jessica Henwick in it, uh, and this is the same director who did The Assistant from a couple years ago. People are excited about that one. Foe, which has uh, Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal, and is based on an Ian or Ian Reed novel, which mm. I have on my shelf right now, and I'm going to try and cram in before the six. Ian Reed wrote uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which was the Charlie Kaufman movie from a couple years ago, which I absolutely loved. So I was trying to get ahead of the game because I knew they were making this one, and I still have not read Foe, so now I'm desperately scrambling to finish it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it is a uh, drama sci-fi thriller. Hen and Junior farm at a secluded piece of land that has been in Junior's family for generations, but their quiet life is thrown into turmoil when an uninvited stranger shows up at their door with a startling proposal. Hmm. It's the box. It's yeah. the box too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, uh, and that is being directed by Garth Davis, who uh, did Lion, Mary Magdalene, nothing I have actually seen. I guess he worked on the uh, Top of the Lake series. Uh, okay, same day. We're still on October 6th. I'm very interested in this one. Cat Person. Huh. It's played the festivals. Uh, it's got our boy cousin Greg from Succession, Mr. Nicholas Braun, hmm. and Amelia Jones. This is one of those based on a true story, similar to like Zola, with I think some embellishments. Hmm. But I think it's based on a blog post, essentially. Uh, but it's basically a dating situation that went really weird. Uh, when Margot, a college sophomore, goes on a date with the older Robert, she finds that in real life, IRL, Robert doesn't live up to the Robert she has been flirting with over text. A razor-sharp exploration of the horrors of dating. Basically, the crux of it, at least in the trailer, is uh, she finds out maybe he doesn't have a cat. And it's like, well, he said he had, he said he's a cat person on his, mm -hmm. and it's like, maybe that's just what guys say to seem less threatening. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. uh, it looks, it looks funny and dark and twisted and, you know, thorny with its subject matter. And, uh, I'm very interested to see it. Hmm. So again, those three Royal Hotel, Foe and Cat Person are all going to be limited, but everybody's trying to get out in front of the Taylor movie. The Arrows Tour, which is two hours and 40 goddamn minutes long. Uh, but that drops on the 13th. I don't, I can't. Eh. It's, yeah. And then, and then we get Killers of the Flower Moon on the 20th. That pretty much wraps out my interest for October. But I've tried to remain, because again, we just had this dead zone and it felt weird because we had all this great energy coming off of Barbenheimer. But I've, I've tried not to get too down because on a personal level, on a personal level, I'm getting so, like, I got a new Wes Anderson movie this year. I got a new Ari Aster movie this year. I'm getting a new Scorsese, a new Fincher, a new Michael Mann, a new Sofia Coppola. Um, I'm getting a lot of good things. I'm getting a lot of things that that I enjoy. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get hyped. Trying to be excited. It's been a weird year though. It's been a very weird year. Okay. You know what else you're going to get? But yes, it's, excuse me. November 3rd, Priscilla, that's the new Sofia Coppola, uh, the other side of the Elvis story from Priscilla's perspective. Very much looking forward to that one. Uh, Is Elsa Butler coming back? 
no, uh, Jacob Alordi from uh, from Euphoria. You don't know him, do you? Nate from uh, Euphoria. Cool. Uh, you would be like, oh, that's who she picked to play Elvis. Oh, and again, not one of my auteurs, but you know, one of one of people's boys on November twenty second, Napoleon from fucking Ridley Scott. Oh, and it yeah. does have one of my boys in it, but I mean, my truly my my guy, my main my main my main squeeze, my main man. Who's playing Napoleon? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, my my guy, my main squeeze, my my main man. You know, that's what I was just saying. Yeah. Trailer, honestly, not that compelling. I was like, I mean, it looks like a historical epic, but I'm I'm there. I'll be there. Uh, did you know they're making Thanksgiving an actual movie? Did no, I didn't. Eli no, Ross finally doing it, yes. November 17th. So, Thank God. You know, that could be fun. Uh, I do have my oh, eyes on this one called American oh, Fiction, which oh, just won the Audience Award at uh, Toronto. This holiday season. It stars Jeffrey You'll Wright. Yes. In a body bag. Yes. <laughs> so the trailer does not have the trailer voice, and I'm very disappointed. Also, the aesthetic is not a grindhouse aesthetic. It's shot like it's modern. My only critiques of the trailer, but go watch it, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where he goes with it. Uh, okay. But yeah, a new Ridley Scott on November 22nd. We, we didn't get to it yet. You highlighted it earlier. I know you want to talk about it. December 1st. There's a new Jeff Nichols movie this year, dude. Yeah. This year's great. Even I hope these movies are good. But I'm just saying, in general, the fact that we get new shit from all these people we love that hasn't been pushed yet. Jeff Nichols Fingers does not knows. make bad movies no more. I, I, yeah. Some I like yeah, more than others. Have you seen Loving? I actually never, I never saw so Loving. That's the only one I haven't seen. The only one I haven't seen is Shotgun Stories. Well, what the fuck's the matter with you? I gotta find it somewhere. I'm I'll sure it's available you, I'll somewhere. find you my DVD. You So, like, so. I went back and I, Becky was like, um, I was like, you've seen, you've seen, like, Mud. We watched Mud, right? Because I can't remember what we've seen. She's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we didn't. I was like, I'm instantly trying to find it because I want an excuse to watch it again. I was like, I know I've showed you Midnight Midnight Special. She's like, what's that one about again? I'm like, but the boy and the, the cult. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. And as soon as she saw McConaughey, she's like, wait a minute, that's like, like he's on a boat and like the eye, he's like out in the, the swamp. I was like, yeah, okay, you've seen Mud, never mind. So then I'm like, have you You're seen? like, wait, was he in a simulation or not? Because we may be talking about Serenity. Right. Was he hunting a very large fish? Right. I said, well, you, not big fish, a large fish. I said, okay, I said, have you seen Take Shelter? And she was like, what's that one about? I was like, we should just watch it. I said, because like the last five minutes that's of that a movie great, like, are like the most amazing thing I've ever that's seen. That's a great a don't tell anybody what this movie is no, about. No, of course movie. not, dude. Uh, okay, but yeah, The Bike Riders. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit a little bit of time off from our buddy Jeff. Glad to have him back. Yeah. Uh, hot off the Oscar nomination, Mr. Austin Butler. Jody Comer. Also in here, at Tom Hardy. Did Jodie Comer get a nom for uh, Last Duel? I can't remember if she did or not. I think that I one kind of got ignored. So. Uh, but she was great in it regardless. I uh, like her quite a bit. Tom Hardy and Michael Shannon. I mean, just just a top four right there that I'm like, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, but this is based on a book of photographs uh, of a Midwestern motorcycle gang. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just he... It's just capturing that era, but he just kind of wrote a story out of this. So it's not, it's again, based on a book, but a visual book that's not really like about any particular gang from what I understand. It's just kind of an exploration of that time. That and culture. Like, yes, lifestyle. So, 
I'm I'm very interested. Uh, we'll see. We shall see on on December first if it holds. I assume they'll keep it around. I obviously some of these things. Sorry, we follow this shit, and anybody that's listening right now, I always assume is like you know interested in this stuff. But uh, to clarify, the reason everything got pushed because of the writer's strike is not because it's not finished. Some of that is the case, but a lot of these things were like fucking wrapped, you know, fine, you know, picture locked, etc. The prints are ready, but. If the stars can't promote it, some movies are like, perfect example, Killers of the Flower Moon does not need Leonardo DiCaprio to go out and shill for it to sell it as a movie. Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese, who's part of the DGA, which they're all square with the studios and everything right now, so directors can promote. You can get special waivers and stuff as an actor, but Scorsese could go out there and promote it. But also, again, that movie itself on the name, the fact that Leo is in a new movie, he doesn't have to actually sell it. Like, that's enough to mm-hmm. guarantee you, like, probably a solid $40 million opening, if not more, if you have more awareness of it. They've had three sets of trailers for this movie, and it has Martin Scorsese's name on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to do fine. So that that's the thing that they're not worried about. But something like Dune, even as big a property as that is, they got a lot riding on part two, Hitting, delivering, Which and is, they need they need Zendaya and they need Chalamet pressing the flesh, dude. They need them out there. They need them on social well, media, question, and they can't question. do that right now. Right. So I'm but, just explaining to everybody why some stuff yeah. has moved and some stuff has not. But you talk about that, but like, I wonder what that extends to because, like, part of me feels like maybe Dune, maybe it doesn't, maybe I'm wrong, but big things like Dune. Big things that aren't shot on location here. I'm assuming that's what they did with Killers of the Flower Moon. They didn't go to China. They didn't go to these other countries for tax breaks. They I, made it here. But like, I, if I would assume they shot it as close to the... Ac- I, I don't right, know this for a fact, but yeah. I would assume they shot it as close to the actual location of where right. it happened as they possibly Exa- ex- could. Yeah, exactly. Yes. On, on the same ground. Something like Dune... Something that's a bigger, like, science fiction or any any bigger, like, set piece film that, like, you need the Chinese box office to make your money back. It seems like those type of films, again, are the ones that, like, as much as people want to stand in solidarity, as much as they want to be like, I'm not doing this. It's kind of like, yeah, you need to. If you got points attached or if you got something on the back end for ticket sales, you need the market. You need yeah. to do it. And again, love a free market economy. Capitalism is amazing. If you're in the right spot, it sucks for people who can't get to there. We should have a more equalized system and distribution of wealth. I'm not getting into that, not litigating it. But this is the thing that shows you the power of people unionizing. Socialism is a dirty word in this country. You can't say it. But the fact of the matter is you can't give everything to everybody but you can't have everybody trying to get the thing either. You got to have enough people that you're giving some stuff to and enough people who are willing to go out and get it themselves. That's what a free market does. So you're going to see these things where like smaller studios are going to go out and get it because they're willing to say, yeah, I'll do this. I'll meet your demands. They're not crazy. And at the end of the day, again, the argument started out with we don't want artificial intelligence to be creating it's things. One of them many sticking points you know and the fact that like i wrote something 20 years ago 
and I got paid for it then, but now you are making tons of money off of reshowing this. Where's my cut? I, and I totally understand and that. It's just, it's a complete failure to acknowledge that, like, look, we, again. The music the business like, hasn't solved the streaming. The, like, cutthroat capitalist perspective of if you were going to be a weirdo and fucking side with the studios here, it's like, yes, I fundamentally get that like your business model changed drastically over the course of the last decade. And so you're trying to like keep everything flowing the way you want it to and see, you know, exponential growth. You got to keep the shareholders happy, blah, blah, blah. That's all it's fucking focused on. I a hundred percent get that. You can't have any fucking art without commerce at a certain extent on that level. You just can't have it period. I get it. But I just, I don't get the mindset of like how much money they're leaving on the table right now by like holding out for so long. And I do think there will be this long-term effect of like, even when they do reach whatever, you know, everything gets leveled out, which eventually it will, of course, they'll come to some sort of agreement. But I think some people are going to have some pretty long-term memories and be like, you know what? I remember this motherfucker was like, no, it's more important that I keep my my stake in things instead of budging a little bit and acknowledging that like the whole system has been broken by streaming. So we need to stop and reassess and find a, a new way of laying things out for everybody in this industry because the industry has fundamentally changed, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a new frontier. So I get this whole like frustration over like, well, we're just trying to like keep the status quo. But I'm like, but everybody needs to acknowledge that, like, it's not the same business model it was before. I mean, you figure out what the new one is, but in doing they're not even, it seems like they're not even talking about that because they're getting hung up on all this other peripheral, almost ideological bullshit of the, the fight over AI, which I'm like. Well, no, but that's the fear because that's how you keep the status quo is, is you just feed the data into AI you know, and you know, it gives you what you've had. So it's smart for them to include that to say. I want to get paid, and I also don't want you to use something that's no, not no, my no, voice no. to make it. I I agree yeah. them them fighting for that hundred percent. But I'm saying it's get it's gives ammunition for them to like write these articles essentially, which I which is weird to see where it's like oh the writers have all these insane demands about like AI like don't they sound crazy like this shit's never gonna happen and it's like you're like. No, this shit's like definitely like actively happening, like right We've now. Been like, what are you that talking it's about? In movies for years, like and now it's finally come home to you've roost. You've got what fucking secret invasion with like the opening credit sequence is all like done by AI, and yeah. they like they were like, yeah, it's done by AI. I was like, maybe not something you want to admit to in the midst of all this yeah. shit. But, anyways, okay. Uh, I mean, let's just put it like this: the mouse, the mouse gonna be okay. Yeah, it no doesn't matter shit. what any of y'all want to do. I mean, it, yeah, it really, it really doesn't matter. The mouse gonna be all right. But I understand, again, like you said, you can't have art without commerce, but it's one of these things where, like, at some point... On, again, I specifically on a grand say, scale. on that scale, art yeah. can still exist without the yeah. commerce angle. You can well, you because, can try and be well, forgotten about I, it. I, well, I've heard about plenty of these companies that are, like, they're crowdfunded movie sources. There's, you know, you get together, you join, you put your money behind a project, you get to say, hey, I helped made that. And on a weird way, I was almost wondering if that would be... I know it's not sustainable, but, like... Would anybody turn to that market? Because, you know, again, 
one of the things I'm really excited about coming out this year is Chuck Hank, Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins. I just can't <laughs> wait for it. Why would you have to even invoke it, dude? And so, but I, I'm saying, like, if those guys, if they needed the money for it, and they could show me, like, I got it right here on a disc. I just need money to get it out. I might reach in my 401k and throw them a few bones. If I could get just a DVD copy, if I could just get a, a, a screener, you can keep your Coat Wolf name across it so I got to watch that the whole movie. I just want to see it, okay? It's like Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins and a Blu-ray of Gregor Aki's Nowhere. That's like the only two movies. I If, if I get those, um, I might die because like all the movies I want to see or, or all the things I've wanted in movies are, are done, you know? There's other things I can come up with, but still. My point being is that I was hoping at some point maybe that might be something that creeps in there where you have more things that are being funded. Like somebody can present like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm thinking. Would you crowdfund it? And would somebody who is used to making a very, very big salary says, you know what? It's not a big studio. It's not really that much money. But I, I play pretend for a living. I, 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 I get in costumes, I get made up, I put different hair, different shoes, different nose, different face, and I just play pretend. I'm, I'm fucking five years old playing pretend with my, my, my brothers and sisters, and I get it's, to do that with other people. It's killing me not to talk about the movie that I just realized is coming out the same weekend as the bike riders. What's that? It's called Not Another Church Movie. Oh, yes. Okay? Uh-huh. Starring Mickey Rourke as the devil. <laughs> okay. Jamie Foxx as God. That works. Also have Vivica A. Fox in here. A staple of church movies. Kyla Pratt. Uh, Tisha Campbell. Lamorne Morris. Patricia Belcher, who you'll remember from Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um, bunch of other people you recognize. I just, the the poster, I was like, not another team. Are they doing a new not another team movie? Because that's the vibe. And I realized it looks like it's a parody of Tyler Perry films. Yeah, probably. With Jamie Foxx. As God in it, I, I, I can't. Maybe I need to add this to the list. Yeah. There's also a movie on this same date just called COVID. <laughs> <laughs> one ticket for COVID, please. <laughs> I like one COVID. Right. Uh, what the fuck? It's a thriller. It's not even a doc. A, oh my god! Are they just a scientist to... and his clairvoyant wife are quarantined in a French mansion, feverishly working on a cure to save humanity when supernatural forces begin to interfere with their plans. And it's just called COVID. And who's in it? Um, no there is no listed cast. It's in pre-pro. How are you coming out? How are you coming out December first if you're in pre-pro right now? That's gonna change. I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. Were you gonna say something? Sorry. Oh no! I mean, I gotta hit two. Gotta go hit ahead. two more on my auteurs list. We were just talking about them earlier. I don't know how I didn't bring it up. Old Lanthy's got a new movie, baby. What? Poor things. You seen the trailer for this one? Yes, I have. With Emma Stone once again. His 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 muse of the last several years. They've already they made like it's the favorite in this, but apparently in secret they also made a second and third movie, or third and fourth rather. Uh it's basically like Bride of Frankenstein right. is the vibes I'm getting. You got Ruffalo, Defoe, Defoe, um, Rami Youssef. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. December 8th. The same day as the only other neck and neck thing that maybe edges out Killers of Flower Moon just on sheer principle. I forgot to mention amongst all of these 
We had a fucking Hayao Miyazaki movie this year. Potentially the final one. The Boy and the Heron. It's already come out in Japan. It's already cleaned up at the box office. Crushing it over there. I haven't read any in-depth reviews. I've been trying to stay vague. They intentionally didn't market it in Japan at all. Nothing. No trailer. There was like one poster image. They didn't do any marketing. Fucking crushed it at the box office. Of course. Number one. Genius move. They did a soft version of it over here, so they have released a very, very light teaser. They did a teaser that was essentially all text-based, just giving you a little bit of outline of the story. And they did one teaser trailer that maybe features, like, all told, maybe like 45 seconds of animation. Uh, but a lot of different scenes in it. Don't really know much about it. Don't really need to know much about it. Um, but it's the thing he's been working on for forever. It's ostensibly his last movie. It's going to be an event. It'll get like a big release here, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and it'll win Best Animation? Best I, Foreign? I mean, one would hope, but I've seen some amazing animated movies this year. And I, I you know, judging nothing in advance, I, w- I would... I would kind of say this movie's probably sitting at like an 11 out of 10 already before I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all The only thing it can do is disappoint me, which is a terrible place for a movie to be in. Yeah. My expect, my only expectations are that it is one of the most profound works of art uh, of my lifetime and of modern uh, movie history. Those are my that Those are my only expectations. So I'm not asking much, you know. I just need it to be that. And, uh, and it would deliver. It would deliver. He just needs to go out on the greatest note ever. Because he chose to make another movie. And if he had just ended on The Wind Rises, that would have been a pretty fucking killer way to end your career. Pretty great final statement. Mm-hmm. A very bleak one, but also, you know, somewhat hopeful. Uh, anyways, yeah, The Boy and the Heron also opens on December 8th. Uh... Wonka? You excited for Wonka? Can't wait. Fuck fuck that movie. (laughs) Nothing about it looks good. How many actors do you think are like, I love Gene Wilder's career? Just who's... Who's clamoring for Wonka? Timothy Chalamet is Wonka? Is that what you're wondering? Who's clamoring for that? A, why did we do it once? Like, I know why we did it. He was... I mean... You owed him? He got to do what he wanted to do. Fair game. We didn't owe him anything. No, the studio probably Let's owed be... Tim Burton something, <laughs> just... and they had to do something for him. I'm just saying. And they own the rights. I get that, that that was an era where it was just like, let let these boys do whatever they want to do because he's Jack Sparrow. And Bob. Like, I get it. I know why those decisions were made. And I got over it. Like, I was like, okay. I made my peace with it. But the fact that we're coming back once again for another bite at the apple... From a movie that, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, is, like, literally untouchable. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece of a movie, but that performance is so singular. All you can do is... Try and imitate. Is fuck it up. Like, that's literally all you can do. You can be like, oh, I'm doing this hard left turn. I'm I'm playing Michael Jackson. (laughs) I'm just like, shut the fuck up, dude. (laughs) Whatever. You can do that. And be a fucking creep and a weirdo about it. 
Or you can do whatever the fuck Chalamet is doing in this trailer, which I'm just like, dude, I like you. Like, I don't like that I like you as much as I like you, but I like you. And I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Isn't I don't know book... who signed off on this. And Hugh Grant is a fucking Oompa Loompa? Isn't... No. No, sir. I will not stand for it. The... I will not stand for it. God damn it. The Roll Doll book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Correct. Right. Okay. Yes. Nobody think, wants to know more about Charlie and his poor fucking existence. Well, Grandpa as a, Joe is a, as a piece peasant. of shit human being. We all know that. He can get up and um, walk around the entire time he's just been laid up in that we bed. We are getting we're getting some raw doll from my boy Wes Anderson on no on Netflix. He's got more movies this year. Cool. Already dropped Asteroid City. I know you loved it. I know you were over the Bex moon for like, oh, Asteroid have you seen City. This? And I'm like. I You're saw. Like, I don't watch those. I saw the. I saw the fucking. Those poster go on this image. shelf. I saw the, the poster image shelf. of it. She's like, "This looks kind of good." I'm like, "I'm not watching it." She's like, "Why?" I was like, "I don't I'm not like watching. those aesthetics. I don't like that color palette. I don't like when there's 15 names on the poster. What's he got to brag about? Oh, I got all these people together. Look at me. Which one? Who's the one? Who's the one that did the gambling <laughs> one? And then he did Boogie Nights. The gambling one, and then he did Boogie Nights? Yeah. You're such a prick, dude. Paul Thomas Anderson. I like him. He's he's okay. He's in okay my, in my book. I watched his stuff. All right. W.S. Anderson. W.S. Anderson, still top-notch. <laughs> the top best shelf. of the Andersons. As we top all know. Shelf, <laughs> the top right? of the Andersons. Right. But this West guy, I just don't get it, man. Maybe I need to hang out with him. I don't think you guys would have a lot to talk about. But maybe that's it. Maybe I just need to hang out with him. Like, okay, I think I get it now. Let me go watch your stuff. And I might have like a newfound love I just, for it. I just... You used to be a little pretentious French New Wave little fuck. And you lost it at some point. You had it beaten out of you. I don't know by who. But you used to love Godard and I Truffaut still, and all I that bullshit. Do. That's what I'm saying. I don't get why he doesn't work for you. Because he's just doing that. <laughs> but he's doing his own his own little version of it, bro. His okay. own American it's like it's like all that, but through a kid who grew up in Texas and was like, I'm a little weird art boy. I like all this stuff, but I'm stuck here. Who made Bottle Rocket? Wes Anderson. Okay. That's alright. That's an okay one. That one's not He crazy. just recently said that he thinks that was the most free he ever was with his movies. And it's like, no shit, dude. Yeah. Everything else has been locked down to a fucking grid post-Rushmore. Rushmore was the last time that you were kind of like, oh, it's a little loosey-goosey. Like, this is a little like, more. I, like, I saw Rushmore. I thought it was funny. Like, No, a lot of people. Dude, you got to like Tenenbaums. Gene Hackman just crushing. I like The Life Aquatic. Dude, damn. Wes Anderson. Okay. He's our, God damn right. No, I was just going to say, dude, Royal Tenenbaums, Danny Glover and Gene Hackman, did, did, you, did you call me Coltrane? <laughs> like, that shit's magic, dude. Like, fuck, oh, God, you got to give Tenenbaums another chance. I might. That I one's feel, really approachable. I feel like it might be. If you're saying you like, like, the first chunk, I think you like Wes Anderson, Gavin. I just. Well, I like Bottle Rocket. Rush, that one's okay. Life Aquatic, I'm like. Dude, Life Aquatic is the make or break for most people. A lot of people are like, that's when he lost me. That's when I was done. Maybe that's it. Maybe I like all those. Because Life Aquatic is 
after the Royal Tenenbaums, right? Yeah, it's right after. Yeah, so maybe everyone well, since right then have just been like, wow, way to go, Pretentia. Have like, you just watched doing... any of the ones past it? I just, or I just on principle, you're I like, I look at them and I'm just like, I don't, why, no. Okay. I don't get what they're supposed to tell me about the but human you, experience. But you like those. Well, that's why I think you should watch Asteroid City because it's basically a guy going like, so here's what I've been doing with my entire career. Here's my approach basically to filmmaking. Am I was still it all relevant? worth it? No, it's yeah. more of a, was it all worth it? Did I do it in the right way? Is there like, it, is there worth in like trying to approach all of these themes and piling all of this abstraction on it? Like that's literally what that movie's about. So if you're a guy who's kind of like, I don't know about this fucking Wes Anderson, I highly recommend you watch Asteroid City because it's kind of Wes Anderson going like, I don't know about this fucking Wes Anderson guy. Like that's what I really liked about it. But, case in point, Evan Tuick, who's been a consistent fan, I would say, this whole time. And to that point, we've never sat down and gone like, well, what do you like about him? What do you get out of his movies? We've never had that conversation. But this one came out and he was like, dude, I did not, I didn't like that one. Probably one of my least favorites. Just didn't connect with it. Just, yeah. And I was like, dude, I think this is the best movie he's made since Grand Budapest Hotel. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's probably the titles after the life aquatic with Steve Dizzy that they're just like, okay, whatever, dude, dude, the most oh. exotic marigold hotel, dude, grand Budapest hotel, Ralph tickets, fucking crushes. Cool. You like, you love Ralph tickets. I do love Ralph tickets. <laughs> I just watched two Harry Potter movies last weekend. Like I get it. Can't say his name in those though. No, you can't. You gotta call him Ralph tickets. <laughs> Tommy riddles. You know? Yeah. What if he was called Ralph Tickets? <laughs> what no? What and if that's Ray a, finds as Ralph Tickets? If the, okay. he who shall not be named. If you, in quotes, if, Ralph Tickets. I'll tell you what, if Wes Anderson makes another movie with Ray Fiennes, I think he's he, in. I think he's in one of the the Raw Dolls that's coming up. Okay, or maybe it's just Cumberbatch. But if they if if Ray Fiennes ever plays a character named Ralph Tickets, I'm done. We can shut this podcast down. <laughs> okay, we'll, be done. That's we'll the, call it. All right, that's we'll, life imitating art, we'll imitating life all over thing. again. Dude. I just look. I'm not doubting that he's that he's a, an amazing filmmaker, and that like these things hold a certain place for people. But. I'm looking for a partner with a little more sophistication. A touch of the Dunkirk spirit, you know? I mean, sorry. I literally, dude, I'm so happy. Okay. They just let the 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 last, the Longer Friday soundtrack back onto Apple Music. And I've just been, there's so much fucking shit. I was shit. missing for a while? It, it's one of those where, like, certain songs, like, oh, it's not available in your region for right now. Like, for some reason, Beauty Behind the Madness and, like, one of the Weekend album, they were gone from like somebody owned... Like with that one, I guess it's maybe somebody owned like the international distribution rights right. in like different territories yeah. for the Long Good Friday and that, soundtrack, um, and the, uh, which is the fucking banger. Split ends, uh, weren't they, they weren't up on there for a while, and then they're back. They were back on Apple Music. So yeah, it's all that because like it's like Snoop Dogg. He bought all the Death Row shit. And he took it off of every streaming. Like you can't. He's waiting for the. He's one he's of those very, guys. Oh no, I I'm I'm a huge Snoop Dogg like, fan for all of that shit. Yeah. Yes, like I don't. Uh, get I it. mean, already was, but I'm saying I get like, streams. You can't even give me a dollar stream. I got a million streams. That's my million dollars. Give me my money for my stream. Like he insane. gets it. Uh, Have him figure out your movie problem, 
That's solve it. He'll solve every problem right there. I just want Snoop to be in more movies. Can we just make that happen? Uh, okay. And, you know, Aquaman comes out, whatever, the second one. Hush tones. And then on Christmas Day, we get the, the true Christmas three. present. No, we get the true Christmas present. What's it? Ferrari. Ferrari from Michael Mann. Oh, why are you looking at me like Ferrari? That? I'm like, what are you talking? Ferrari with Michael Mann. Yeah. Starring Adam Driver. Yeah. Penelope Cruz. Penelope. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Patrick Dempsey. Uh, I can't wait. Is this going to go into the feud with Lam- Was it Which one was it? So this is was specifically, he's doing in typical Michael Mann fashion. Because, of course, I'm sure a lot of people were like, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, is it just like the other side of the Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah. And I don't know why. I thought they were competing projects at the time. But no. It's set in the summer of 1957. Enzo Ferrari's auto empire in crisis. The ex-racer turned entrepreneur pushes himself and he and his drivers to the edge as they launch into the Mille Miglia? Miglia? The Mile Miglia? The Mille Miglia. Mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering it. A treacherous thousand mile race across Italy. So yeah, it's specifically, it's like a year in his life, I think. Hmm. Specifically isolated down. Or maybe it's just a couple months, actually. But yeah. Centered around prepping for that race and uh, some personal turmoil, I'm sure. I'm trying to remember. But yeah, obviously, you know. We can't wait, dude. It's been It's been too long. Way too you know, long. as excited as I am for some of these, uh, but man is definitely right now in the category of like the, in the way we're excited for a Jeff Nichols. Like it's been too long. Uh, Jonathan Glazer also, it's not dated, but zone of interest, which for all intents and purposes is a front runner for best picture, even though only I feel like a couple hundred people have seen it. <laughs> um, but that is obviously hotly anticipated as well uh, because he only makes a movie every like, you know, 10 years basically. It's like the new Terrence Malick. Because Terrence Malick actually works a lot now. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's uh, it's one of those, we- I, I'm just wondering if they're going to make note. It's a little anecdote that apparently, like, um, the guy who created Lamborghini, the rival to Ferrari, realized, like, he could fix his own tractor with, like, Ferrari parts. And that made him think, like, well, maybe I can just make my own car. And then he makes Lamborghini, which I feel like. They're just they're luxury. No, they're not. They they didn't try to compete for like shit that mattered, mm-hmm. and that's probably why you don't think of like them as a powerhouse when it comes to like. Yeah, no, they're they're a show car. Yeah, they just they look pretty. Yeah, but like Ferrari, like everybody knows, it doesn't matter how nice it looks. It's what's underneath the engine. Yeah, yeah I I think that that will be. That'll be a nice way to cap off the year. Very yeah, excited. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and again, there's probably plenty of uh, Oscar buzzy stuff that I didn't cover that just hasn't been dated yet or is in is actively may or may, or may not be being pushed. Uh, I know because uh, it's a bunch of international producers, and I think Neon maybe has their name on it as well. Regard, they've been able to promote it. Adam Driver's had a waiver as well, so he's been able to promote it at the festivals, which is why I do not see this one being moved at all. I think we can count on most of these coming out. Uh, pretty excited for Saltburn. That's one I didn't get to because I just I don't think it has a date on it yet, but that's the new Emerald Fennell. She did uh, Promising Young Woman. 
Oh, okay. uh, like two years ago. But that's got Barry Keegan from uh, mm-hmm. Killing a Sacred Deer, Jacob Alordi from Euphoria, and uh, Rosamund Pike as well. And uh, fucking Carrie Mulligan coming back from Promising Young Woman. Uh, yeah, excited for that. There's a few other things that haven't been dated, but uh, I think screens. it's going to be a good fall. I think it's going to be a good fall. Suburban screen. Well, that's what I was going to say. We wanted to get all of that out of the way. Because, of course, what we're going to be doing, at least for the month of our... Excuse me, I almost slipped into it. Mm. The month of October will once again become Arctober. And we will be doing our all-horror-themed month. So don't expect to hear about Killers of the Flower Moon until we're on the other side of this. But that'll also be anybody who hasn't read the book. And then we'll be able to have a very free-flowing, open-ended conversation about the adaptation, Mm -hmm. the actual story... I look forward to that one. But that'll be like our first episode in November. We'll go ahead and say that after I've seen it in theaters, you know, five or six times. Right. Uh, But yeah, one of the things I guess we can say we'll be covering because it launches on the 6th. Is that correct? Uh, 13th. 13th. And, you know, obviously I'll want to talk to mom about Exorcist, so I think we can add that to the slate. Uh, But yeah, we'll be covering a new... The second Friday in Hell yeah. Friday the 13th. Yes, and there's a Friday the 13th in October, so I almost feel like we have to do something with the Brothers Blanchard and something Friday the 13th related. I, I don't know. We'll yeah, have to figure definitely. that out. Uh, but yeah, we'll, but we will definitely be talking about a new John Carpenter-related property, which just feels like very nice to be able to say. What the fuck does he have to do with this, it I guess is my question. scripted horror anthology. The show has six episodes of true tales of horror that took place in seemingly perfect American homes. So we're recreating. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The, so his name, accounts, his name is slapped on it. Cinematic reenactments, right. personal archives, historic town press coverage. He directed the first... He's directing an episode, producing it all, and composed the theme music. So he is technically directing a television show. He's already done TV movies. I guess my other... But like, uh, yeah, no, I guess my other the question was going to be, like, obviously, we want it to be body bags. Like, I, I wanted to have him as your crypt keeper, as interstitials between it. Obviously not campy, because this is true crime. We don't want to be disrespectful, but um, I would like to have him involved in some capacity. Just the voice, man. I mean, the voice is fucking killer. So yeah. I hope it's an element beyond just him being behind the camera but uh, you said he did the music so that's exciting uh and again producer i mean it's it's one of those where like and it seems like going back to the court of something that he's always kind of tried to hammer home anytime he's interviewed about halloween but just his career perspective on horror in general which is just like no the more like the supernatural stuff is kind of whatever the more grounded it is into just like this could happen to you or like the horrors behind you know, behind closed doors, the stuff we don't talk about mm-hmm. is the stuff that actually bothers him. It's maybe not the stuff that he makes movies about, but it's the stuff that like, oh, what scares the the master of of terror? It's yeah. like, oh, real shit that human beings do to each other every day. Um, so I I think it's it's great setup. When you sent me that thing, I had not seen anything about this. Like, hadn't heard it announced. Oh yeah, I was so excited. It immediately got me uh, interested. So, and that'll be on. Peacock? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I in matter of fact, the other night when I was painting, I um I just it, I looked at new stuff that was up and I was like, the thing. It's not October yet. 
but I'm gonna just put this movie on while I'm painting. I dude, I've been dancing around the edges because they okay. So they're covering Fincher right now on blank check, and so I was like, oh well, or no, I think independent of that, I had been. I just wanted to rewatch the Alien movies. Because well, they they're all recovering them up on different like streaming things back to back yeah. to back to back, and of course I have my nice uh, box set which has like an alternate version of each one of the movies. So I was like, oh, which one did I watch most recently? Blah blah blah. But anyways, I knew I needed to get to Alien Three to open the Fincher series. So I was kind of like, all right, we're fucking let's watch them. And then I end up doing all of them. I watched Covenant for the first time in a while. Liked it a lot more oh, than dude, than so the first good. time. Second time around. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going back through all of them, Resurrection, even being at the bottom of the barrel, still still got a lot of fun shit in there. Uh, and I think I put three slightly above it. I know some people have, have tried to like reclaim three. I'm still not fully there with it. Still kind of half you a can't, movie. But you she, can't make a woman's only reason for existence the personal stake of like I'm going back into this trauma I don't want to but I have to get my life together and I could just as easily say fuck it but then oh my surrogate lost daughter's here and I have to do this for her you can't give me that emotional attachment that, that Cameron brilliantly does and then tell me in a David Venture movie they did they just did well, they, yeah. died on, they died on impact they ain't live no more well anyways yeah. not a script choice by him we won't I get his feet but I was also gonna say um yeah, I mean, they totally can do that. It just wasn't handled well. Like, there's a way to do that and actually have it, like, really hit and, like, be upsetting as opposed to the way it approaches it. We don't have to get into all of that. Anyways, I've been dancing around the edges, and obviously they just did seven. So I, I did rewatch seven for, like, the trillionth, billionth time. The the one Spacey movie that I will still go back to on a regular basis because it's like, he's a monster in this, so it's kind of okay kind of feel fine did you see where he got like acquitted of shit and his lawyers were talking about like oh yeah come back baby i like no i was like i don't think so yeah. i don't think everybody's just like oh okay we're gonna let him be frank again i don't think that's gonna happen but i think you're done you can go i mean you can go make movies with like polanski overseas i guess yeah. that's what you want to do but I don't. I don't think you're gonna have a career here anymore. Doesn't matter that you. I don't think you had these legion of fans who were just like, "Oh, he was unfair. This one was really unfair." And like, well, you know, one day, <laughs> I still, I still think about the meme I saw. It's like, officer, hey, do you know why I pulled you over, Kevin Spacey? I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Read the fucking room, bro. That, I, again, like, and that's the other thing is just like, dude, you don't understand. It's like. It wasn't just what you did, it's how you handled everything surrounding what you did, right. which was, to begin with, incredibly fucked up and inappropriate and not okay. But then the fact that you were like, it's okay because I'm gay. And it's like, we all knew you were fucking gay. It's like, it's not... It's, it's the like, worst kept secret in Hollywood. Like, dude, and it's like, don't throw gay people under the bus. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, what are you saying? It's like... Oh, it's okay. This is fine in our community. I'm like, you're no, your community's not okay with Bruce this. Bruce Valance dude. will not like, stand for this. Fuck at all. off. Oh man. Okay. Well, I don't want to end on that note. No. So. Uh, okay. What I mean, shows that we're excited for. I'm watching Changeling right now, which is yeah, kind of horror, fantasy adjacent. I'm hoping it maybe goes a little more horror. As we move into October, I don't know. I watched the first. Excited about the scream two. thing we just mentioned. Uh, you gonna watch the boys series? Uh, Gen V. Yeah, 
I'm intrigued. Me too. Check Interest, it out. Interesting. Um, What's going on with Invincible, dude? We got like one new episode with the the. Is that it? Was all we're getting? One new episode. There's a there oh, there's a, a spinoff thing, but it was like a, it was one episode. Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. What's her face? Um. He said it. He said it was this year. Or I think it's November, but I'll double Maybe. check. I'm just curious. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's... Uh, on the TV front, we were, I mean, we were very excited for... Oh, and we kind of didn't cover this because you haven't finished it. Winning time kind of ended what felt like very prematurely. Mm-hmm. Only a seven-episode second season. It's now canceled. Oh. Uh, so it feels very awkwardly wrapped up. You'll see what I mean when you get to it, where it's just kind of like... Okay, we're just we're done. That was the whole series. Okay, uh, kind of just peters out. I, honestly, I mean, we really liked the first season of that show quite a it bit. Was perfect for what and, it was. And and I think season two, in kind of trying to like course correct from the some of the stuff that people seem to not like about season one, kind of like tripped over itself and ended up becoming a little bit like boring because of it. And then kind of ends on this awkward note. I don't know. We'll talk about it on the back end. But that's done. And then I was like, okay, but like, we got True Detective right around the corner. <laughs> Nuh-uh. They ditched season four to next year. Oh. Because they need Jodie Fo- Dude, you got to have Clarice Starling out there selling. Like, my new detective show, my comeback on HBO we're reviving the series for the second time because it's been enough time since season three that I feel like people are still like oh yeah that's a that's a show they made more of those Mm -hmm. I genuinely think people forget that that's like no it's kind of still one of their big dramas it's technically it's on the slate it's kind of always they want to come back to it it's I there. see, and I, I, I but think, they honestly, need they need I her think, out there selling it. They need Jodie Foster. I, I get it. I get it. If you could find a, I think if you found a vehicle like that for someone like Carpenter, who's wanted to just make an anthology, so you give him, here's one season, and you just do one thing, and here's an, all right, and then like a year later, if it's hot, you come back a year later, two years later, same thing, different completely. And then you just give somebody the time. And again, it's going to get to the point where like HBO can't do it, but Pluto could. Fubu, Fubi, whatever, Tubi, whatever. <laughs> Fubi, Tubi, Booby. Yeah, yeah, yes. all those. They could. They could They could come up with enough money from ads to yes. be able to pay somebody and say, look, here, go make this thing and just do whatever you want. We just want the content. I mean, we're gonna, we're, we are going to, I mark my words, out of this whole strike, one, I'm curious to see what new shit we get. But with where we go from here, I think you're going to see a lot more people and a lot more companies, smaller ones, finding ways to get financing, to get big names into these things just solely for that. Because can you imagine like like that, uh, that uh, the jury duty thing with Marsden? I don't know what that cost to make. And I don't remember I mean, if there are ads as part of it, but like... I'm pretty sure if you did the math on that, it's probably one of the most profitable shows of this year from if you had ads included in it or not. Because it ran on Freebie, Freebie initially. Which is, which is on every See, I Vizio think when TV I watched it, it was like, it was um, 
on pre on special preview through Prime where there were no ads when I right. finally got to it, which but was a Prime couple weeks paid, later. Prime paid because it was that. such a big yeah. success. Yeah, you know? so they want the and that show was fantastic. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so that 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 was like a microcosm. Like you could look at that show and be like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna fake a jury duty thing. We're gonna put somebody who any I, the fact that somebody didn't understand who he was i was just and again wherever you said it it could be like oh yeah well this is james marsden and he well, has to that be again that was my argument as i was like i'm sorry but like if i walked into this same setup i would have called bullshit on it within five minutes because i'm like i've seen you on parks and rec um i've seen You're you guest star on the office uh i've seen, I've seen you, you on, on this like as well sir you, you exactly that guy no, i'm i'm like Yes, I'm like, Sarah literally, Marks. I recognize like three or four of you out of the get-go, and I'm like, if you're telling me fucking James Marsden's working jury duty, I'm like, yeah. bullshit. You mean to tell me James, Mar- James Marsden, Cyclops, and Sewage Joe but are the same being jury. on the West Coast, I guess you are kind of like, oh, it's, it's conceivable that like a celebrity would show up in here, and then you just get lucky with the fact that I'm like, I guess this guy is not, again, specifically the dude from Res Dogs and Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. who was like the creepy, grimy dude Wouldn't, on Parks and Rec. did they say they had to like keep, um, I watched something where they had to keep him from, like instantly he kind of had to turn away from him the first day, and just not really like acknowledge that dude, because they were afraid that he would know who he was, so right. they kind of just like. Again, because yeah. to me, he's one of the most recognizable, just because he's been in a lot of shit. Yeah. But yeah, you just had to blindly get lucky yeah that show was great um yeah anything else you want to hit this is kind of our what are we going to call this are we going to get really punny with it uh slipping into fall slip into fall slip into fall slip into fall i think that's it that's definitely it Slip into fall and let's watch, let's have a slip into fall and let's have a ball and soon it's gonna be Christmas time. <laughs> don't sue us, Elton. Please don't sue us, Elton. Universal Music Group, you can go fuck yourselves. I don't know if you own the rights to this, but you copyrighted me more than once and yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Universal Music Group. Yeah, I said it. Do you have, do you have that in the algorithm? Is this gonna get flagged? That I said that? Yeah. Huh? Huh? All right. We'll just test it. We'll see if they listen this far. <laughs> see, yeah. See if the see if the AI that's running like code to, in, to look for universal stuff. Yeah. If anybody else has flagged. listened this far, uh, thank you. We we didn't quite wrap up, but we know October we're gonna cover the Carpenter series. Yes. There will be some sort of exorcist-related content. Yes, we got to get the brothers Blanchard in here yes. or something. We got to make up for not doing shit last year. Yes, and I, th- I, I think, know you had shows. I, I think know you were some, doing stuff. I, I think like, some sort yeah. of commentary. Yeah, I think we've always teased it. Some sort of syncable commentary that you could work into your. No, if you want to do a night of, the, night of the Creeps commentary, just say so. God, Night of the Creeps could be really fun. If you want to do a Night of the Comet commentary? God, we'll do it. Jesus, you want to do a Night of the Night of? commentary where we watch all of the night of movies yeah. anything with night of in the title uh, yeah I'm, ga- I'm i'm game yeah the i mean it's it's right there night of the comet night of the living dead let's and see then night of the creeps try and find me something from uh hold on you know what i can't wait for what can you not wait in for? search of darkness four i thought that already came out i know it's just it's a joke it's like oh okay I just, or is that the third or the fourth? I don't know. It's just, 
yeah, like the third one, but it's like five fucking hours, dude. You just hold. I wish they would just okay. give me like a massive try, chunk. You just leave it on. Let's try and. Uh, what do we want to commit? Maybe to? something that has a uh, an anniversary this year. Okay. It's an Exorcist anniversary. I think it is. Uh, Christine just turned four. We've done a Christine episode. Ninety three. What was ninety three? Big horror movie from ninety three. Give me one. We might need to go back to eighty three. I'm just saying. What was a bit? Maybe there's a hidden gem in ninety three. People forget about, like Maniac Cop three or something. Because that would be thirty year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Jason goes to hell. The final Friday. Needful things. The dark half. Cannibal the Musical, not a horror movie. Body Snatchers, the Abel Ferrara version. Nightmare Before Christmas. Fire in the Sky. Oh, dude. California with a K. Talk about uh, creepy Brad Pitt. And Duchovny's in that. And so is Chris, uh, Julia Lewis. We're not doing a commentary for California. No, oh, the you're talking about doing a commentary to. for oh, You okay. told me to give you name suggestions from 93. Oh, no, you just said, look, think about universe. I universe, said think about anniversaries as a possible option. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what's 83? Well, I mean, funny. you got to have some great stuff there. Or we just do it with like a total schlock that's just terrible that like you can't find. Or we just do our own commentary of like a Joe Bob Briggs. We just find one of those. That's because that's the thing I love about Amazon. It's like you pick the show. 1983. Videodrome. Oh. Sleepaway Camp. The Dead Zone. Christine. The Keep. <laughs> Cujo. How have we done? Hound of the Baskervilles. How have we done two podcasts already for movies in 1983 with The Keep and... <laughs> Christine, we're just on top of it, bro. Dude, and you know, if you were a bigger Cronenberg guy, we would have already done Cronen Cronies Cronenberg's Cronies. I'm a Cronenberg boy. I'm a Crony boy. I mean, you want to do Cron? I fucking love video drama. You kidding me? Berg's all hail the new Cronies, baby. Cronies Bergs. Yeah. All right, coming soon from the Archive. Uh, another Cronenbergers. <laughs> Cronenbergers. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the Cronenbergers. I'm Gavin Cronenberger. And, uh, oh, shit. I'm what? glad I remembered it. Perfect end note. Okay. What? Well, one of the things I had threatened to do, and then I kind of, the more I started to think about it, I was like, dude, we've actually covered a lot of them already. But Friedkin, Friedkin passed away. We were, I, had, I said the day that I realized that he had passed. So do we do we finally do feeling Friedkin, you know, mm-hmm. like, is it time to finally do it? And we have covered a lot of his movies in different capacities, especially if we did a, an in-depth exorcist thing, we'd, we'd already be more than halfway there. The thing I forgot to mention in the midst of all this, you know, treasure trove of riches we're about to get from some of our favorite directors for the rest of the year, we get the final Friedkin and it comes out on Showtime slash Paramount plus on October 6th, which I forgot to mention, the same day that Exorcist Believer drops in theaters. Same day our mother was born. Yes, mom's birthday as well, which is why it's even more awesome when they moved up Exorcist. I was like, they moved it from the week after to your birthday, mom. It was going to be two days after my birthday, but now it's, yeah. Uh, let me double check the date. Yeah, that would have been dope with the Exorcist on Friday the 13th, though. Yes, October 6th, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, the final film from director William Friedkin, will be available on Showtime and Paramount+. Plus. Kane Mutiny 
the movie you're thinking of. Yeah, it's another adaptation of uh, the book or the play, rather. The Kane. What is that about? The Kane Mutiny. Why do I know that name? It's about a naval officer who stands trial for mutiny after taking command from a ship captain he feels is acting in an unstable way, putting in danger both the ship and its crew. So it's like I think the this is a, October. Yes, but I think Tide. this is a more modern update of it. Here's our two leads. Kiefer Sutherland. Of course. And Jason Clark. Oh my God. It's going to be a good time. Uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, for good things about it coming out of the festival, uh, Del Toro, Guillermo, uh, served as the... He had to get director's insurance on this because mm-hmm. presumably poor health or whatever. So basically the backup director, like if you die who's going to finish this was del toro and del toro says like so he was always it, del toro is like he was always good to do it. it's just something like we we do that for like buddies or whatever we sign off on each other's movies kind of thing but he was also like advocating for like is this last movie like can we actually like can we do some sort of a big theatrical release like can we get it out there somewhere so i think it is gonna play new york and la like limited but it'll be up on paramount plus same day so october 6th we get the final freaking movie and again i don't want to get like over it. it sounds like it's just a courtroom drama but i mean the last couple that were like oh i'm gonna adapt a play fucking killer joe and bug which right, are yeah, like yeah. amazing movies so uh, I'm very excited, and I haven't seen Kiefer in anything in a while. And Jason Clark's just you know he's just always crushing it, man. I will miss him as Jerry Kiefer West. In a while? I haven't. Yeah, I didn't. You I didn't do Rabbit Hole. Oh, I did see him sneaking around in the cast. Okay, yeah. all right, that's a good tease for that. Okay, uh, we will be back. I guess we'll see you in Oc- in October, guys. Yeah. Uh, we're for me. Well, yeah, whatever we'll be recording in the next couple weeks won't come out until then. But, uh, yeah, this was our, our tripping into fall yeah. Uh, yeah, episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for sticking around if you made it this far. If you're only usually here for the horror content, it is coming. We're actually going to do some shit this year. So, uh, yeah, yeah we stick around for October 2023. Until then, I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. This has been the Archive Podcast, and we thank you very much for listening. That's right, Noah. We thank you so much for listening. And we promise you kids out there, we're uh, we're coming with the horror content pretty soon. It's, uh, it's going to be a scary good time. It's going to be hip. It's, it's going to be, be groovy. It's going to be, be sexy. Yeah, it's going to be fresh. You know I hear the kids like that that power line. I feel like he's, <laughs> he's, got, it, he's got all the hits. Um, I can't wait to take my son to the... the I hear he's got whatever it takes. He does. Uh, It's a piece of cake. It is a piece of cake. To stand out. Above the crowd, even if I got a shout out. Tomorrow is the only place you see the blackest ever. Do you notice me? Dude, the fact that that was Tevin Campbell, like, how do you, I mean, again, Perfect, uh, the the most perfect Disney movie of the nineties. Is that is that where we're leaving? I don't know. I mean, but you know, you, you always want you always want to leave them <laughs> wanting a little bit more. Or in the case of our podcast, a little bit less. Yeah. You want to leave them thinking they should have wrapped this shit up a yeah, while ago. Join me next time when I'm going to be reading excerpts from *The Princess Bride* <laughs> by S. Morgenstern. <laughs>
Thank you and have a lovely evening, folks. <laughs> have a pleasant evening. That's and uh, one more thing. <laughs> uh, uh, I am Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and in spite of me being Peter Falk, I just were here to tell you that. Uh, I think that's why Perry Mason didn't make it. Really? Because Perry did. Mason, the character, didn't have like a you know, one more thing. That's why he didn't get a third season. <laughs> if it had been Columbo, you know. Is that right? That could make sense, yeah. Columbo's Peter Falk. Columbo yeah. does the... Yeah, Columbo. Oh, Peter shut Falk. Up. Oh, one more thing. Oh, and one, one more thing, thing there, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more thing. But I'm saying, if Perry shot. Mason had a... <laughs> yeah, one more thing. Like, does he have a thing? He doesn't have a thing. No, his whole thing is like... I mean, I hate that that show got canceled because it was so fucking good period-wise, but like... He doesn't. He, you're right. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a thing. If it was Columbo, we would have gotten to season yeah. three. I'm just saying. But nobody can play Peter Falk. Let's get. <laughs> let's get Robert Downey. Let's get Matt Reeves. Let's do a Columbo remake. Dude, I don't know if it's still coming out. But the last thing. This is it. Okay. If it is in fact coming out, um, oh my god, now I can't. <laughs> Keep searching. You'll find it, son. <laughs> Keep vamping. You've always had it within you. Oh my son. God! What is it you. called? The whole world believes in you. God, you just gotta keep the going. sympathizer. The sympathizer. We were talking about non-related stuff. Oh, it's a new HBO limited series starring Robert Downey Jr. Oh, about a half French, half Vietnamese man who served as a spy for communist forces during the Vietnam War and gets involved in the making of a Vietnam War movie. And it's a, anyways. Is it like a Traffic Thunder? Here's, but only serious? It's what it sounds like, kind of. Uh, here's here's the big thing, though. My boy Park Chan-wook is directing most of it. Uh, so that's what I'm excited about. But also Downey Jr. You see Park Chan-wook? Is that his name? Park Chan-wook? Wook. Wook. Well, Park Chan-wook. Wook or woke? Walk? You woke. could argue that Park Chan-wook is definitely not Park Chan-wook. We probably love him all the more for it. I don't know. That's not to say that he's like, I, you trapped me. You uh, fucking trapped me. We're ending the episode before I put my foot much further in my mouth. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the taste of that old rickety boot. Yeah, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just one more thing. Uh, that's entertainment. 